Welcome to Her Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taku. And I'm Luna. Our guest this month is Tumblr meta writer Link Spooky. Link, welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi, I'm Link. Uh, I have opinions. I like Aaron. Can I have my $20 now? It's funny, right before we started recording, I was reading over your guest application, and your guest application was like one of the funniest I've ever read. Something that you mentioned in it is that, I'm just going to read this, okay? You were talking about how a lot of Jaegers and Aaron stands complain about your takes on him, which is funny because you said, I love Aaron. I just see him for what he is, a little kid in a giant meat suit, piloting it like an Evangelion, trying to feel big because he can make the meat man punch things. (laughs) Okay, that might be a little tacky laughing at my own joke, but I totally forgot I say that. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes on the internet, I like to pretend to have a personality. I think I'm much more boring in real life, but none of you have to meet me in real life so I can fool you into thinking I'm funny and clever when I'm not. You also mentioned that, you know, you really love talking about Aaron and Reiner's foils and that you do see the positive qualities, but it's more fun to harp on the negative. And, uh, you know, Aaron in particular, like Reiner's not being as terrible right now, so he's not as much fun to pick on. (laughs) So I can relate. I can relate. Yeah, no, um, I could totally pick on Reiner, too. I think he's being kind of lame, too. It's just he's lame in a more pathetic way, whereas Aaron's lame in a, like, actively virulent way. Absolutely, like, burn the world kind of way, which is there's a lot to unpack with Aaron. Aaron is like, Aaron is like, burn the world. Reiner is like, oh, can I take a nap? I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Well, we're excited to have you on the podcast this month, and I don't know if you're a listener, but in case you are not, we always start with chapter impressions. And basically, that's just a minute or two. Did you like the chapter? Did you love it, hate it? Was Did anything stand out to you? So Link, since you're our guest this month, why don't you go first? Okay. Um. So the past three chapters have been a lot of treading water to get to the big reveals. Like, okay, I guess my first initial impressions were like, why are they even bringing out the blimps? The blimps obviously aren't going to work. It's like in Godzilla movies, when they try to nuke Godzilla, that literally never works. Yeah. It feels like we've been dancing around the Aaron issue, like swirling around the drain instead of directly confronting it. And I kind of wish they just like flushed the toilet already and get to the heart of the matter. (laughs) <laughs> it, it feels like building up a big mystery where there is none. Like, as we said, it, it kind of just seems like Aaron wants to destroy the world because he's very angry and disappointed in people and tired of conflict. So it feels weird that, like, the mysteries are getting extended this long. But I guess this sounds like I, every chapter we get a chapter of buildup. I'm like, this seems like the last chapter of buildup and things are going to ramp up. But it's probably not. I actually really liked the talk they tried to do this chapter, but it it also felt kind of, it, it was, uh, well, see, oh, damn. Okay, here's one more thing I wanted to rant about before you <laughs> cut me off. Okay, well, like, we're, we're going to talk about the failed talk no jutsu later, but I usually hate the word talk no jutsu, because, like, the thing in Naruto, the reason why the talk no jutsus fell so flat was because they'd, like, they'd go over the guy's tragic backstory and they'd be like, oh, let's appeal to common reason. Let's talk with them. But then they just, like, kill them, like, five minutes afterwards. So, like, what was the point of it, yo? But, like, I actually feel there's a lot you can do with, like, talking in the middle of these big conflicts and, like, calling each other out and, like, 
there's a lot of potential character development. So it didn't read like a Kokno Jutsu to me. It, it read like a, this is everybody's individual reaction to the disaster. Mm. Yeah. I think what was so annoying about uh, Naruto is that you know, they were like in the final fight, they were exchanging blows. And then it's like, oh, no, let me let me try to appeal to, you know, your softer side. We can talk this out. It's like when things have escalated to that point, usually talking is not really an option anymore. I will be curious to see what happens. Also, Naruto isn't thematically like a very pacifist manga, or at least it ends without like the big war conflicts being resolved because, you know, like the ninja system is still in place. So all the talks just kind of feel super fluous, you know? Well, it's about the power of friendship. I'm not sure that this manga will do that as the same thing. No, I don't think so. So far, it's about the uh, power of Eren being a shitty friend. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> What about you, Luna? What did you think about 133? Okay, so this was the first time we read a chapter together for the first time, I think. It is. It is. It was my first time reading a chapter with anybody ever. So, but <laughs> I, I know we laughed a lot, but I never really what asked you it? afterwards, like, you haven't discussed it with me yet. What did you think, Luna? <laughs> um, I think I laughed a lot at Levi. I have a lot of thoughts about Levi. And Reiner. And, and I feel like my whole world has been flipped out upside down. Like everything that I thought before would happen, I'm doubting now. So <laughs> I, I feel like all my predictions to this point have changed, I think. So it, for me, the chapter was kind of a game changer. But I don't necessarily think I like it if I think it's going the way that I think it's going now. I am very happy, though, that we got to see Papa Leonhard in uh, in action. God, I love that man. He's so awesome. Did he just, did he take, like, the entirety of the ghetto and put him in? Oh, I probably shouldn't yes, call him that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good, fun chapter with a lot of um, interesting ha things happening It Some good, some maybe not so good. And uh, that kind of summarizes my thoughts. What were yours, Mom Taku? I love this chapter, which is funny because I was telling Link before you got on that I'm awful at math and you actually made a little thing so that I could get the average rating of a chapter. I plugged in the numbers from the poll and we have over a thousand now. So that's usually a really good sample to get an idea of what people think about it. So all Attack on Titan chapters do really well in the ratings. Like most everyone loves every chapter. We, we complain, but we complain because we love it. So this chapter, when I entered in the numbers that we have so far, we've been keeping a ranking now for 43 chapters. This one's at number 32, which is really low. So mm -hmm. it's coming in 32 out of 43, which I'm a little surprised by because this chapter, well, it had, I mean, it's not as bad as Ha Ha Pie, okay? It's nowhere <laughs> near Ha Ha Pie levels. I agree there were some ass pulls and some like complete narrative conveniences inserted into this chapter, but I just thought it was so much fun. I think like when I take off my meta writer hat or this must all make sense hat and just enjoy a chapter, I did not enjoy the plain conversation, which we'll get into. I mean, I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy like the corny dialogue. But as a whole, I was thoroughly entertained. And I don't know if it's because I was reading it with Luna or not, but from page <laughs> one to page 44, I was totally entertained. So I liked it. I would give this chapter like a, maybe a seven out of 10. It did what it needed to do for me. To be fair, 
I think a lot of people had a negative reaction to like the the two chapters that were mostly just like us being in like okay the one one with the seagulls where it ends mm. with Aaron's severed head at the end. I think I reacted to that one way more positively than a lot of people did, but that might just have been my joy at seeing Aaron's severed head just floating there. <laughs> I mean, that was my favorite, one of my favorite chapters. It still is. But I think the fandom reaction has been interesting, and I wonder if it mostly has to do with Aaron and his confession this uh this chapter? I have my theories on that too. Well, let's get into the chapter discussion of 133 Sinners. And I've broken our outline up into the geography of the chapter. So we're going to start with the plane crew. Those bombs in the background as the crew is sitting there, like that's, those bombs are going to get used. I mean, <laughs> how not to be safe with bombs? That's, that looks like it, they're about ready to go off at any minute. Like that's not how you store them. <laughs> safely especially in a crappy plane that's held together by duct tape and it's out of fuel held together with tin foil and yeah loaded with explosives what possibly could go wrong so we did ask in the poll like what do you think what's going to happen with this plane is Anyong Kapan going to be able to land it safely and i thought i was curious what do you guys think link what do, do you think we should worry about the the plane at this point or do you think this is just another where he's setting it up that oh a bad thing might happen and then it, a bad thing doesn't happen um i am 400% convinced the corniest thing possible is going to happen and the plane's going to break and falco the flying titan is just going to swoop in <laughs> and catch all of them and annie's just going to go lady titan i don't know do something but that i'm 200% sure that's what's going to happen even though it kind of sounds dumb i'm sure it'll be cool in the moment I don't think it's that dumb because in the poll we actually i think in one of our farther down questions about what is Falco going to do? I was kind of amazed that 32.4% swooping in to save surviving Alliance members after the plane goes down. So you are in a third of the fandom that thinks that that plane is going down and Falco's going to, I don't know how, swoop in and save them. What about you, Luna? What if he like finds Zeke and like eats him so that Aaron cannot be like in the Pats realm anymore? I guess. That would be karma, because Zeke did kill Falco's brother, sort of, kind of. No, Colt lives. We don't say that here. Not in my house. Colt lives. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> it's not So the rules here, Link Spooky, is we each get our thing that is canon fact, no matter what the story says. <laughs> Luna's is that Colt is still alive. Mine is fake pregnancy. And you can pick one too if you want. It's like your canon truth and we are not allowed to fight you on this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that uh shit, what is his name? Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I forgot his name. The really annoying guy that everyone hates. The the fascist guy that it's a giant Aaron Stan. Oh, Flock. Yeah, I think Flock is going to come back from the dead a third time as like some sort of zombie <laughs> and just never die. That's my canon fact. I don't even like Flock, but like he just keeps doing it. <laughs> I actually had a dream about Attack on Titan where he actually was still alive after Mikasa like cut his throat. No, he got harpooned. Yeah, harpooned his throat. He's going to come back like a third time. He's just a zombie at this point. <laughs> You know that final panel we've seen at the end of the manga with somebody embracing a baby? That's Flock. He's the only one who lives. 
Did you guys notice that this chapter people are now theorizing it might be Mikasa holding baby Aaron, which I think's I mean How would that work? I I I he's in Paz realm. Maybe he can be a baby in Paz. I don't know. <laughs> he but, he is already a toddler in Paz. I guess he could regress further. I mean, why not? It's only a couple more years. Question, is it possible for Aaron to be more baby? Question mark, question mark? I don't think so. He's bad baby now. Boss baby, bad baby, all the babies. <laughs> Everything except baby boy baby. That's Reiner. That's the foiling right there. Baby boy baby oh. and evil baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Anyang Kapan thing, one of the theories that I had not heard was that the plane's going to run out of fuel and Anyang Kapan is going to dive it into something and have the explosives explode, which like you were saying with the Godzilla thing, that's not going to help. It's actually not going to help. Oh, no, I don't want Anyang Kapan to die. He's I don't either. So normal. He's like the one normal guy. <laughs> like you got all these like, you got all these like psychos and very stunted emotionally people and like you just got the one normal guy. I know. And like this chapter is sinners. Like he's the only one in the group that I know of that's not like actively done like anything terrible. Hey, so he was misled. Right? <laughs> I know. Him, yeah. But um most of the fandom, 42 well, yeah, the plurality there, 42.2% think that it's not gonna be a it's gonna be a non-issue that, you know, they're gonna land. So whatever. Yeah, I want. I would like Anyang Kapan, but now I can't unsee that stupid suicide kamikaze bomber thing, and I'm angry no. about that. <sighs> <laughs> I hadn't even considered it, so I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I guess that might be a thing now." But why do you guys think it wouldn't work? But because in Fort Slava, I think when they uh, dropped the Eldians, I think afterward they bombed the Titans as well, right, to clean up. Because there's like two million of them? I mean, yeah, I know. It's not going to stop all of them, but I do think it's going to take out some of them. Uh, can I change my thing? I want to change my thing to Anyan Kapan lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyan Kapan and uh, Mr. Browse end up, you know, like the two best people in the world end up taking over government and becoming the leaders of the new world. I, I accept yours. I, I'm hanging on to fake pregnancy, but like... If that's shown to be untrue, I'm jumping on your on your bandwagon. Something else that got a lot of criticism. Now, I avoided spoilers, but I did read the fan translation first. And this idea that Levi was being chastised by Gene and that, you know, Levi was being, you know, must kill monkey. And Gene was like, <laughs> now, now, Captain, don't forget the rest of us here. Of course, you know, the official translation completely changed the meaning of that scene entirely. Levi was actually just stating a possible, well, can't we just kill Zeke? And and Gene was actually agreeing with him. That's a big diff. A huge difference. But once fandom perception happens, it happens. But I do think like this must kill monkey theme is like, I mean, we asked in the poll, like, which phrase are you sickest of, of all like the overused phrases from this chapter? Which one was it for you? Was it like must kill monkey or we are free or I was born? Definitely we are free. (laughs) (laughs) Once we got the official translation and it was a little bit easier on the Levi interaction, I was curious, what do you guys think? Do you think there is a chance that killing Zeke would affect the rumbling? 
I'm very biased because I think it would be very hilarious if towards the end, if Levi just never ever got to kill Zeke because that's like his one goal in life now. Well, obviously not, but it it's because he just keeps bringing it up and he just never gets to. Everything gets in the way. I think the person I, I nobody even knows where Zeke is right now. H- hasn't 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 that brought up? been brought up like three times like nobody knows what the fuck Zeke is doing or where he is or if he's even a part of this this chapter if Levi is correct he's attached to Aaron Mm -hmm. I don't know that that was presented as a narrative fact but it was definitely explored that Zeke is connected to the to the centipede yeah and it would make sense right because Aaron would only still be able to be in Pat's if he had a connection to royal blood in the physical world I think it's. it looks like it's mainly Amir and Aaron now, and doesn't Amir count as royal blood? True, but she is in the Pat's realm only, so I don't think that's enough. And also there was this theory by Kingsgrave, who's, I don't know if someone else also came up with it, but that in the, there's like this little part in the ribcage that is like disconnected from everything else, and he thinks that Zeke might be in there. So it's like a video game boss monster where you got to kill the weak spot yes, first? Yes, and then the, the the second form comes, and then the third, and then finally <laughs> Zeke pops out, and then we can kill Aaron. <laughs> you know, I do think, because we think about the last time we saw Zeke, not Paz, he was catching Aaron's head as Aaron's monstrosity began to grow. So if Zeke somehow, I think about like early, early in the series when Aaron was in front of um, the firing squad with Kit Swowerman and he formed a Titan form around Armin and Mikasa, like not deliberately, but it is possible that Aaron did the same thing as that, as that creature was forming around him, that Zeke is definitely part of that physical structure now. Uh-huh. I don't know that he's like in a Titan form in that structure or if he's in his human form, but I don't know. makes sense to me that he would be attached at this point. He's cradling him like a little baby. Maybe. See, he's protecting his older brother who he loves because <laughs> that's what Aaron does. He loves people. The part of the plane crew conversation that I did not enjoy was that that realization that we are all the same. Like when when Connie gets that kind of goofy look on his face and Gene is like, that's right. We're all mass murderers here. We're all the same. Uh, did either of you – I mean, I enjoy the concept. I enjoyed it in theory. But I don't know. The dialogue, like it just felt like Isayama was once again taking his – hammer and hitting us on the head with something that I I don't know that I think he might have hit too hard. What do you guys think? How can I say this without sounding really, really pretentious? Sometimes you have to be unsubtle, otherwise people won't get it. Like how many, <laughs> how many f- fandom arguments, I mean, they all are in fact mass murderers, but how many fandom arguments are there about like who is a slightly worse mass murderer than everyone else? Aaron, that's the answer. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, it is tacky to um, have the characters talking in theme, especially like when they're on an airplane that's going to fall apart every second. It's a weird time to be like, hey guys, I'm suddenly getting really philosophical. Do you think we're all the murderers here? (laughs) It's tacky. But on the other hand, like the theme is good. I actually really like the theme that they brought up, like as didactic as it is. I love the way they brought it up this chapter. I think it was more natural when they were all trying to beg Aaron to come home than mm-hmm. when they were like 
you didn't have to just say the theme. You kind of just got it. I mean, they kind of did anyway, but it was more natural sounding at least because they they were like, we can share the guilt in all of this, blah, blah, blah. But I also, I love the idea. I want to talk about that later at some point. We'll probably come back to it. But um, I love the idea of everyone sharing the blame because it it's a cool philosophical idea that I had notes on, but I will get back to that later. This is my foreshadowing. Okay, you can go now, Luna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Rumble, rumble, rants. <laughs> you go. Um, it's... I think it was like uh, also a way for them to say like, hey, we're not that pissed off at you anymore. <laughs> we kind of get it now, but they also really don't because they, they, yeah, I mean, they were like kids. Well, Reiner was a kid and they didn't know what was waiting for them at Paradis. And Reiner really believed that he was going to keep the rest of the world safe from exactly what is happening now if he would take the founder. <laughs> He wasn't exactly wrong, but um, yeah, of course, the the people they killed during their attack, that was not something they could bear. And is it exactly the same as the 104 fighting their former comrades to save the rest of the world? (laughs) I don't know about that, but I'm guessing what they're saying is, you know, we've all killed people we didn't want to kill and you know those sins are weighing heavy on our soul so we can sympathize a little would that not have been the perfect time to bring up Bertold like (laughs) well Connie did (laughs) Reiner I don't know (laughs) he'll never do it (laughs) I think Reiner's in like in like oh can I bring up ships or is that taboo I think Reiner's kind of just in gay denial (laughs) He's just still not over it four years later, and Reiner just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. When did Connie bring up Bert? I'm looking. He's, he brought up killing Samuel and Daz, yeah, and slicing then he up says, their faces. Like, you, Bertold, and Annie, it must have been awful for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seems like it would have been the time to say, you know, oh, you know what? We feel really bad for, like, eating your friend or smiling as your friend was being eaten by our friend. Like, I just think it could have been a little... Remember remember the ritual cannibalism that we did in front of everybody and, like, made him scream and beg for his life and just kind of ignored it? Yeah, sorry about that, man. We got the Marco moment where Reiner, like, ad nauseum, explained in graphic detail what he did to Marco, to Gene. I just thought, okay, this is going to be the time now that Reiner's going to learn what happened to Bertold. And it didn't, ha- it's like, okay, never mind. Not happening. <laughs> never happening. Because Marco is just such a more important character. Yeah, Marco, Marco. who hasn't been back since chapter 12. Poor I wonder Marco. if this is almost like a meme. Like, is, is, is Sayama doing this on purpose? Or is it like his own little haha meme that he just never mentions like anything about Bert? I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Why Reiner has never mentioned his name? It's uh... or Connie. Connie was right there, staring, watching, listening as Bertold is screaming. Well, I mean, Armin is on that plane too. He's not like, yo, sorry, I had to eat your friend. 
Well, in fairness, he was a mindless titan at the point and unconscious <laughs> prior to it. So Armin is like the least culpable here, I think. But like, I, I just- Armin I just, would not have told them to make the decision to revive his life. He would have been like, let me stay dead, guys. I'm done with this. Uh-huh. Exactly. Let, let Arrowhead be live. I don't want to. I'm out. <laughs> so I think Armin is the least culpable. Anyway, I did think like Armin did have like his own bird moments uh, this chapter, right? He really reminds me of Bird in the Return to Shikanshina arc, you know, with the 3DM gear and also, you know, the the shirt and then the the shoulder pad he gave on Yankopon. I saw that too. Mm. It felt very Bert-like. Yeah. So I feel like Bert's ghost is lingering around, but, you know, he's never mentioned. He's, he's just like they're summoning him with a Ouija board, but they can never mention his name or something. It's It's weird. You guys just miss Bert so much. You're projecting him onto Armin. Apparently. <laughs> I just keep wondering, are we ever going to get it? Like we've got that when Armin woke up and had the vision of the Titan saying it hurts, you know, like, and then Aaron asked, I think in 108, whether or not Armin had Bert's memories. And it's like, there's all these opportunities for Bert to come up and they just never happen. So I feel really bad. Like I, I, I'm a fan of, of, I was a huge fan of Bertold. I feel really bad for the warrior stands because this, like, especially those that loved Bert, like, this just must be excruciating month after month. I mean, it's just weird for because, their boy. Like, they had such a good, like, Reiner and Bertolt's relationship, like, they were like two peas in a pod, and now it's like not even once. Now it's just all Aaron and Rainer. Once you get the new boy, you just forget about the old one. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Well, I did enjoy the whole, you know, we are the same. Like I enjoy, I'm always, I love Reiner and I'm always grateful that Reiner has these moments where he realizes he's not as bad as he thinks he is. And having Gene and Connie, you know, oh, we get it, dude. We get it. You're okay. You're valid. Like I'm grateful for that. I am grateful for that. But it just was so awkwardly done that it's hard. But I think Link Spooky, I think you're right. Like sometimes things have to be spelled out in like excruciatingly painful detail so that the message is sent. I'm, I'm not even saying the readers are dumb. I'm just saying like, I think the most important part of a story is communication. And so any, the bestly told, the best, the best told story is one that the most people can understand the bestest the bestest. My grammar just broke. <laughs> Rain broke grammar gone. But uh, are we, are we going to talk about the Rainer and Aaron thing now? We're getting to it right now. All right. This is the big question. Is Reiner correct that Aaron wants to be stopped? And Link, I know you wrote like a giant meta about this on Tumblr that got like 2,000 reactions. So why don't you lead us off here? Okay. Let me, let me check my notes. Uh, the main response I've gotten to my my very simplified reading, which is, it's it's very funny calling that a simplified reading because it's so fucking long, but um, a lot of people have countered my opinion with, like, Rainer's projecting on Aaron. Because, like, obviously, obviously, Rainer is the first person to go, somebody please stop me. Somebody take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I can't take this anymore. That's a very <laughs> Rainer thing to be. Whereas Aaron is like, I will take the wheel and I will drive us off of a cliff and I will scream about freedom the entire time and I will insist that I am making a good decision because it's the decision I am making. 
it's very very different approach to reasoning the boys have but mm. um so <laughs> i so i think i'm going to because this scene references aaron and rainer in the basement and that scene's pretty famous because like Aaron at first comes off like he's like smarter than the whole like war thing because he's like oh I can understand now that these are all just people and Rainer you I used to hate you so much but you were just doing what you thought was right and then after all that like very close and understanding he's just like anyway time to kill some mofos and he goes attack titan (laughs) which is a very Aaron thing to do but what Rainer okay so when Rainer and Aaron are projecting onto each other they it's interesting because they project different things onto each other what Aaron said in the basement is what Aaron often says about himself he says Rainer was probably born like this that he he's someone just like him who never gives up and who always moves forward and who always throws himself into conflict he says that Rainer probably didn't have much of a choice and he's just probably been like this ever since the way he born so Aaron sees Rainer like the ideal way he sees himself, which is, you know, attack Titan, run forward and punch conflict guy. Whereas Rainer sees Aaron, like the pathetic way he sees himself, which is, you know, Aaron probably does not want to be doing what he's doing right now. You you guys ever seen that one John Mulaney joke that's like, I also don't want to be doing what I'm doing. Where he's talking about, oh my gosh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) With a link to it in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's there's this John Mulaney sketch where he's like uh where he's driving a car and he's like I know and he's saying he's a terrible driver he's like I also would not like to be doing what I'm doing <laughs> but that's what Rainer is he's like Rainer is very like Rainer tends to act helpless where Aaron tends to act like he's always in control like you said there's even an inversion in the way they see themselves because like mom taku like you said rainer's always going on like oh i'm the worst person in the whole world oh it's so hard and and aaron is like convinced he's doing this for his friends and he's he's going on and on about how this is for freedom how this is for his friends how he loves his friends but then you flip it around if you flip rainer around you see he's actually a pretty you know loyal guy who, who wants to kill himself but doesn't because he still wants to protect Connie and Falco and he still has things he's fighting for. Or if you flip Aaron around, you get him going to the child and crying and be like, I just didn't like all the people in the world and I wanted to make them go away. So it's really interesting because... Um, so Rainer is probably right and wrong about Aaron because uh, Rainer's obviously projecting because... Rainer sees his own wish to die in Aaron the same way Aaron sees his own wish to always go forward and run into conflict with Rainer. But at the same time, like he's not wrong either probably because, um, cause like the flip side, if it's not that one is more true than the other, like Rainer is a terrible person, but he's also kind of like, you know, a decent guy who wanted to be a good person and who wanted to do well for like his loved ones and protect them. Neither of those facts negate who they are as a person. So Aaron's love for his friends and also his, like, intense... Neither of Aaron's motives that seemingly contradict themselves negate themselves either. So it can probably be both at once. It can it can be that Aaron wants to die gloriously to protect his friends. And it can also be that Aaron is like Rainer and he just kind of wants to die and wants somebody else to stop him. It can be both. <laughs> Um, I think I kind of agree with Link on the first part where, you know, people tend to see others um, in the same light as they think. So, you know, Reiner thinks, would think like Aaron's um, thoughts 
would be similar to his. And Aaron probably was thinking about Reiner in the basement. Like, oh yeah, I get you now. Because this is what I'm doing and, and I can relate to that. But that doesn't mean that they're thinking the same things or that their motivations are the same things. And I feel like... So I think he's a little bit off. But I, I don't know for sure if um, if he wants to be stopped. Because Aaron says like... Oh, told him like I'll always keep going forward right no matter what so I think the the rumbling um we see we don't see him looking down on the damage he's causing right like he's just enjoy enjoying the freedom part of it Mm -hmm. and but he knows what he's gonna do that people will die and children who don't deserve this will die and we saw him cry for uh, Ramsey, so I know for sure. Like the the guilt would probably prove to be too much for him. I think he does care. Does that mean he wants to be killed after he is done uh, with the world being a threat? That is the thing that I'm not quite sure of. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, what is there left for Aaron? Who would he have left? Oh, yeah, if Aaron defines himself by war and conflict, and let's say in the, you know, magical reality where Aaron's plan somehow works and people don't start killing each other the second the rumbling end, let's say they build an Eldian paradise, Aaron would have nothing to do because he has no use in a world without conflict because that's how Aaron is. He's just war. War never changes. Aaron never changes. Okay. You can take a kid out of the war, but you can't take the war out of the kid. I I just think, okay, so I really enjoyed your post, Link, and I enjoyed Old Summer Dreams' reblog and their comment. Their reblog was something to the effect that Aaron wanting to die was more in the sense of like a kamikaze where he was willing to die for his cause, but that perhaps Reiner was projecting the wanting to die from guilt. Mm -hmm. So I see it. But at the same time, I don't know why Reiner would be saying that if we weren't supposed to believe it. Like, it feels like at this point in the story, Reiner narratively saying that serves no purpose except to state a fact that Aaron is overwhelmed with guilt. And it kind of reminded me of when Aaron threatened to Historia to wipe her memories. Like, I think Aaron was projecting, well, if you can't deal with it, I'll wipe your memories. Aaron knows how horrendous this is. He knows people may not be able to survive it, the guilt. You know, maybe that was his own little projection. So I I don't speak Aaron. Like I I fail every single time I try to speak Aaron. It's not a language I understand, but I don't I, I don't and you guys think I'm different. I'm wrong here. Let me know. I don't see why Reiner would say that if we're not supposed to accept it either as a possibility or effect. Because if Reiner is wrong here, then that's got to be cleared up later. And I don't know what purpose that would serve. Luna, what do you think? So I keep thinking back about like the end of the attack on Liberio, where Mikasa takes Eren away to the mm-hmm. blimp. And the the translation there was still a bit iffy, but doesn't uh, Eren say like, Reiner, you can't kill me just yet? Uh, yeah, I think either he says, Reiner, you can't kill me just yet, or Reiner said, or or Aaron said, said, I can't, can't kill, kill Reiner, Reiner just yes. yet. So it's one of those two. And I think that the official Japanese was like 
could be taken both ways. And, you know, the mm-hmm. context wasn't clear enough in this case. But, like, what if it's the first one? What if Aaron knew that it's going to be Reiner who is going to kill him? And maybe he said, mm. you know, you're just like me because Reiner would understand the burden that he is carrying and why he's doing what he's doing. Because So do you think it's a narrative fact, Luna? I think Aaron must have foreseen something with Reiner if just based on that line at the end of uh, the Liberio attack. So I wouldn't be surprised if Reiner did end up killing Aaron, but I don't know if uh, Reiner would end up taking over the the founding Titan or if that's truly what Aaron wants. Oh, 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 time travel, (laughs) time travel. (laughs) Time travel, you rear your ugly head. I mean, there could still be like a a whole alternate universe, you know, like community style, like the roll of a dice. And (laughs) this is the the, everything is on fire alternate universe. And somewhere there'll there'll be like a happy high school universe where Reiner is a jock and Aaron is the... the, (laughs) Aaron's just the loser. (laughs) Yeah, the loser who uh, goes full Columbine. Seriously, <laughs> those fake <laughs> fake previews are so hilarious. They keep getting better with time. <laughs> the one where he just starts crying because he doesn't because he wants it in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you know, you know, say what you will about Isayama, he seems very aware about Aaron's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he wrote him, so I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes authors, like, buy the main character's bullshit. Like, that's what happened with Tokyo Ghoul. Sometimes care- authors fall in love with their main characters, and they, they just want to be soft on them. And A.C. is like, no, Aaron, Aaron's just kind of no. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, is it, when A.C. loves a, a character, it's, like, bad, bad, bad. Like, he's, he, I think that's how you would probably be as an author, Link. Like, you would just <laughs> want to, you would love poking voodoo doll sticks into them and watching them squirm. <laughs> it's my only joy in life. Please don't take it away from me. All yours. Luna, adding on to something that you've said, like at the end of that, Reiner says, if it was me, I'd want someone to take the power or kill him, right? And mm-hmm. then there's like this meaningful focus on Mikasa. And I was kind of thinking the same thing as you, like, are the two of them going to be the ones that take him out? I don't know. Link, what did that scene say to you? Oh, like 2,000% that Mikasa's going to be the one kill Aaron. I, I've been thinking that for a while now, actually. The fact that you uh, brought up that Rainer might be involved, I've I've been denying the possibility that Rainer invo- was, would be involved because I really don't want Rainer to kill Aaron because Rainer's a loser and he shouldn't get to do anything fun. He's, <laughs> he's just there to take a nap and be an old man. <laughs> but <laughs> I love Rainer. I'm sorry. I love him a lot. I love him as much as you do, Mom Taku. I just think oh. I just No, he's my he's my third he's my favorite character. We have misled you, Link. We have misled you. Luna is like I'm the Reiner fag. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am the Irwin Stan, and I do love Reiner, but yes, Luna. Like I when you said the words like Reiner shouldn't have any play in this i was like 
like in my brain, like holding Luna back from attack. <laughs> We can totally debate that, though. I totally want to hear your uh, hear your take. I was going to let Luna go first, actually, because I want to see why she thinks Reiner's going to do it. Oh, well, yeah, basically only for the reason that I just explained. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm still kind of m- might just be, you know, wishful thinking, but I still hope he will be Helos. Like he will put an end to all of this. And I might be the only one who thinks that the focus on Mikasa wasn't to imply that she's going to kill him. I think it was just like the thought of Aaron wanting to die is just something she can't process. Oh, yeah. Nessie, I saw it as, because I, I said this last podcast was that Mikasa would kill him if she thought that he wanted to die or that she thought it would benefit, you know, like for his sake, like a mercy killing type thing. So that's what I saw there. So that's okay, totally yes. different from what you I saw. I still don't agree with that because I, I'm yeah. like, I, if there's no other way to stop him than to kill him, I think she would like assist to a, to a certain degree, but I don't think she would deal the finishing blow. And I think here it's like, wait, what? He he doesn't even want to live? How? Because like, like her, his whole spiel has been, you know, tatake, fight. And, and she is also always, you know, like the world is cruel, but beautiful. And she always picked herself up by her bootstraps. And, you know, she always kept going too when things got rough. So for her to realize that Aaron might not enjoy living might be, you know, a bit mind-blowing a bit shocking he's he's just not having a fun time no he's probably depressed which you know he kind of deserves but so my basically the entire thing i've been basing my i've been a big proponent of that mikasa wants to kill him or not want she doesn't want to kill him very obviously <laughs> manga would have ended way sooner if mikasa wanted to kill him <laughs> but um I'm a big proponent. So, like, remember how I said earlier how how Levi shouldn't get to kill Zeke just because he keeps saying that he wants to kill him and it's more fun to deny him the thing he wants? Usually when you have a character who has, like, such a clear stated goal, especially someone like Mikasa, who usually, like, between Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa, Aaron and Armin kind of, like, try to... They both kind of, like waver back and forth on their goals a lot whereas Mikasa kind of just goes straight for what she wants usually which is you know the irony because she never gets what she wants because Aaron wants a million things that aren't Mikasa and he kind of wants Mikasa but okay no I'm not going to get into it anyway um, (laughs) Mikasa has such a clearly stated goal it it's almost seems weird to give her the ending she wants even if she's like it feels like she has to let go of the thing she can't let go of, which is Aaron. And like, there's the difference between, I don't know, letting go and like her deciding to be the one to cut the, the bond between them. Cause that's like her own choice at that point. Besides like, we have no choice but to kill Aaron or as Mikasa flipping on the one thing she's always said, which is the, you know, the one thing she would never do, which is kill Aaron. But like her flipping is like her getting past it's like the final i mean we talked about how like characters in attack on titan i mean i've heard a couple of people's frustrations at least how attack characters in attack on titan seem to have moved past beyond something but then they kind of just helicopter back eventually mm-hmm. like armin's still indecisive uh gene's still like 
Oh, I just oh, want to be a normal wait. guy. That was your meta about how everybody regressed. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, oh, that was me. I, yep. I kind of I kind of disagreed with part of that, but like I couldn't oh, it's fault, totally fine. I couldn't fault your logic. Like even when you got to Historia, I I if we debated it, I don't know that I could I could fight you and win, I guess is what I'm saying. Like I oh, see you're, it a little you're fine to think think I'm wrong. I, no, I, I no. don't care. I, I just remembered that we should link we'll link to some of these, I think, if other people would like to read them. But but I mean um, so it's kind of like the reversal of what happened in Trust, where Aaron died and Mikasa was like, oh, I can live without Aaron. And then Mikasa immediately got Aaron back and she just went straight back to the clinging to Aaron thing, or except this time she clung harder. And so this is the reverse of that. Like, how do you break the cycle? And it might just be it's regressed to that point where literally the only way to break the cycle for her is to kill Aaron, to give something up so she can grow as an independent person, you know, to lose the person she's been clinging to all this time. I still think that that would be exceptionally cruel, even for this story. I hope she doesn't have to kill Aaron. But I do think that I understand people are seeing it that way. Yeah. Well, I I kind of um, agree with Link. Like, she has to let go of her wish, which is to bring Aaron back home alive. But like I said last podcast, I do think she will bring him back, but just like his remains, you know, to Shikina, which may sound a bit morbid, but like. <laughs> I don't know anyone at this point to think that Aaron's going to come out of this alive. Aaron's not coming out of this story alive. I like Aaron. Aaron <laughs> is my favorite sure? ever. And I'm still like, yeah, Mikasa's going to kill him. <laughs> I hope she doesn't kill him, but I do think she's going to have to. Uh, you know, that whole point about, like you were saying, where she said, you know, if I die, I can't remember you anymore. I choose to think of that kind of benevolently, that she's going to remember that and, you know, remember Aaron in a positive sense. I hope that that's not like everyone's going to get their mind wiped except her oh, and Levi, God. and she's going to be stuck remembering. I hope Isayama is not cruel like that. But I just... I know she's going to have to deal with a life without Aaron. I just, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to end like this. They've got to have that moment where, the, of honest communication and not Aaron, like just cutting them off. It's got to, it's, they've got to have some sort of reconciliation first. I understand. Um, actually, can I use your uh, Levi standing against you? Because I actually have a <laughs> parallel. Sure. You know how um you know how in the end Erwin had to let go of his dream and and he asked Levi to tell him to die? That's kind of where I got the idea from where like both Levi and Mikasa kind of have to give up on the person that they've always been loyal to and you know at the same time like not only give up on them but also tell them to die in a fashion. Yeah. Even though it's the thing they've always dreamed about. Yep. I have no issue with that comparison at all because I think, again, Levi let Erwin go out of regard for Erwin, really. It was it was an emotional decision based on his feelings for him. And I if, if Mikasa's in that same situation, then absolutely she'll she'll do the same thing. Can we just agree that this is all a Levi's fault? Like if <laughs> Erwin had gotten the serum, do you think we were, would be here right now? Of course not. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh, guys! I, I, I I'm so glad you agree with me because, um, I, you know, uh, you know, my friend Hamlet, mm-hmm. uh, we agree, we disagree so hard on Serum Bowl. 
oh my gosh, because I'm a gigantic Levi stan. And and I don't hate Armin. Armin, like I like Armin a lot, but like when it comes to Armin, I'm like that one meme from Arrested Development where I'm like, I love all my children equally. I don't really care for Armin. <laughs> so so when Armin, when it looked like they're gonna pick Arrow, and I was like, yes, and then, then Armin. And I was like, okay, Armin. I guess my stepson. Yeah, it's another meta writer that I really like. And I actually did think about like if she had filled out a guest application, it would have been fun to have the two of you together. But like <laughs> during Serum Ball, I had to like I had to mute people. Like I just couldn't handle I love Armin. I absolutely love Armin, but like at, in a comparison of who was better back in <laughs> August 2016, my paper thin, you know. Hold on, reality was dependent on people agreeing with me that Armin was best. So, like any of these other meta writers that were just like, "Oh, well, actually, Armin had a dream," and I was just like, Arr! "So, no, it's it's totally fine." I wanted I wanted Erwin to come out too. I mean, I'm totally fine with Armin coming out of it alive. But I just admit admit now that Erwin was the better choice. Somebody, please, everybody, please admit now. Isn't that the theme of the manga isn't that what everybody's saying erwin should have lived if erwin were here right now this would not be happening <laughs> you would think but we asked this on the poll not too long ago and it was like 60 40 still that thought that armin was the better choice uh, and okay. maybe this is one of those things that isayama just needs to spell out again not that he hasn't said it 30 times already that erwin was needed but maybe just one more time you know in the plainest language like, we are the same. If Erwin had lived, he would not have supported the rumbling, and this would never have happened. The end. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, like, Erwin's gone. We don't know for sure, you know, what other choice Hush. he would have made that would have catastrophe <laughs> led to catastrophe with Erwin. So, who knows? Who knows? I do tend to agree that nobody would have stopped Aaron. Aaron was going to do what Aaron wanted to do. But again, I don't speak Aaron, so I should probably not talk about it. Oh, no, actually, I agree with you. That's actually what I wrote down in my notes, where um, when we get to the top part where Armin was saying, like, we have, we're all to blame, I actually wrote down in my night. Personally, I don't think anything would have stopped Aaron. Aaron was just so determined to self-destruct. However, Armin didn't help, period, period, period. Let's go ahead and move into that. So the talk nujitsu, the failed one, finally happened, and things were said. And you just talked about the Armin one. Uh, did you think anybody said anything helpful there? Or was it all just like, nope, 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 scratch him off? Ah, uh, man, it's hard to, like, I didn't think anything was going to reach to Aaron, because, like, obviously emotional appeals aren't going to work on Aaron right now, because everybody's like, Aaron, we're still friends! And Aaron is like, I hate friendship, I don't like people, I want to destroy the world. Like, I feel like if there was any, I see, I like the idea that you can talk down somebody when even when they're this far gone, but I don't think, like, oh, let's appeal to, I think it's like, you gotta, like, call him out, like, Aaron, you realize that you suck, right? <laughs> and still nobody's really willing to do that like we we get bits and pieces of it we get Mikasa's realization that maybe she that she was seeing the wrong side of Aaron all along and, and Aaron always had this in him and we get like Armin like you know panicking when he realizes the real side of Aaron but yeah I think everybody is kind of so in love with the idea of Aaron their friend they don't really see what he's doing and because of that they can't really confront him 
So Armin's, I like what you said, Armin's, this is our fault too. Like, I like the message that each of them said. Jean is like, don't do this for us. We have a better plan. Connie went with the whole, oh, you must be hurting too. I misjudged you. Like, they're all being like kid gloves with him. Even Levi, I will say this, Levi's, I'll let you off with an ass kicking, kind of surprised me. But I think that it reinforces the idea that, that Levi actually really did like Aaron. Like, he, he, he likes him too. So it's like they all tried these different things. And Aaron was just like, no, didn't even just cut him down. But my favorite of those was, was Mika says, let us share your burden. And I just thought that statement, like that might be one of my favorite Mikasa quotes ever. And I love her. Oh, I love it. Nobody, everybody gets surprised when I say Mikasa is my absolute favorite character. But like every time she talks, she barely talks. But every time she talks, she just says the most beautiful shit. Luna, what you, you have your, you seem like you're about to disagree. <laughs> well, I'm just surprised you're saying this because I remember when we were reading the chapter together, you were like, oh my God, <laughs> you were so mad. You, you were disagreeing so hard with them. <laughs> about me? No, about all of them. Like, being... I was disagreeing with trying to talk him down this way. Well, because like they, they shouldn't feel sorry to the extent that's, uh, you know, this is not their fault. That's what you were saying, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that bothers me that, you know, this is all of our fault. We're all to blame here. Like that kind of was like, come on, guys. You guys have been nothing but nice to this creature. Yeah, I'm kind of wanting what what Link was just saying. Like, you know, go ahead and blast him. Let's, let's not be nice anymore. Let's just tell him, you know, where to get off because this is not acceptable. So everyone coddling Aaron at this point really, really was like, I'm, you know, what you do, you guys, but if it was me up there in Paz Dreams, it would not be, I will let you off with an ass kicking. Uh, but I did, I thought Mika says, let us share your burden though, is one of the most, like, that's love, right? Love is being willing to shoulder someone else's burdens. It's not wanting to add to their pile. It's wanting to take a little bit of theirs. And Mikas is saying that, I want to share your burden. I just thought like, okay, that's true love right there. Aww. Like that's very poignant. So I appreciate I appreciate it. I just wish they weren't all coddling him still. But the coddling has happened. And now hopefully we can move on from, you know, hopefully the, the talk new jitsu is done. We can move on. Go ahead, Link. Oh, so um, I was actually, I had, uh, I actually took a lot of notes for this rant. I'm sorry. I might go on for a little bit, but to be fair, I'm really smart and you guys should think that what I'm saying is intelligent. <laughs> okay. So, so like, I've been pointing this out for a while. You know how I say that everybody's regressing? I've, I've been noticing that for a while. Like everybody's enabling of Aaron's behavior and everyone's indecisiveness is like a direct contrast to Aaron deciding everything for himself and deciding to go off on his own. Like these are intentional parallels in the story. It's like, it's like, it's really limp that Armin says this is all our fault. Cause like, no, Aaron just went off on his own and did all this shit. But at the same time, like thematically and character wise, we're setting up these parallels. Like the more decisive Aaron gets, the more indecisive Armin gets. And, you know, we all talk about if Aaron were here, this wouldn't happen. And like, yeah, that's kind of true. Like Hanji even said last chapter, all I showed Aaron was my own indecisiveness. Isiyama is actually expressing like a philosophical point here. I mean, it, 
it reminds me of a philosophical point. Who knows if it's actually philosophical? I might just be being pretentious. But so there's this. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Albert Camus? I might be saying that wrong. Yes, I haven't. So, okay, Albert Camus is a. Uh, I think he's French. He might not be French. I'm going to sound like an idiot right now after I said I was smart. But Albert Camus is a philosopher. He wrote <laughs> three main novellas. Uh, the first one is The Stranger. And then he wrote, uh, I don't know in order, but he wrote another novella called The Plague, which is very relevant to nowadays. And then he wrote a novella called called The Fall. And um, The Stranger is about a guy who, shoots a Reno, who um, shot a man in Reno and watched him die. But uh, The Fall is about thematically, well... Here's what happens in the fall. This is on topic, I promise. You're hanging out in France, and a French guy takes you out of a bar and walks you out on, I don't know, along the riverside, as French people do, which <laughs> I, I've never been to France. I assume that's just what French people are like. And then he tells you his whole life story, because once again, I just assume that's what French people are like. And... um. Yes, they are the chattiest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fall is thematically it's um it's about how he was once a lawyer and it's about guilt and punishment and he talks about how once he um on the same riverbank he's walking you down now once he saw a woman commit suicide and rather than go try to stop her he just kind of turned away and like looked away and tried to forget about it. And so it's about uh, the theme of the fall is Everyone is at fault for everything, or it's trying to make that philosophical point. Everyone is at fault for everything. And it's pretty famous because it was written around the time of World War II. And the philosophical point it's trying to make is like, everyone contributed to World War II, even if they were just like a normal person, because everyone participates in society. So basically what I'm trying to say is we live in a society. No, what I'm trying to say is... (laughs) (laughs) What I'm trying to say is everyone's actions led to this current situation, whether they were trying to or not. I mean, Aaron obviously created it. And like I said several times, I don't think anybody could have stopped Aaron from doing what he did. Even if like, even if like people, even if Mikasa had said she loved Aaron at that time, even if Armin hadn't been so indecisive and had stepped up as leader, I think Aaron still would have tried to go off on his own. Even if Hanji had a good plan? Yeah, even if Hanji had a good plan. However, at the same time, everybody contributes to this with their own passivity, which lets Aaron just kind of run around and do whatever he wants. So that's, I think that's what Armin's saying, which which is like, we all helped create the situation, so it's our responsibility to fix it. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the fan the fandom where they say that this was inevitable. What Aaron is doing is inevitable. And I've always kind of rejected that. Like, no, it's not, you know, genocide is never (laughs) inevitable or a successful one is never inevitable. People thinking it's inevitable is is inevitable. inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the madman with the, with the finger on the trigger happens. I don't know. Luna, do you have any thoughts? I, I think I, uh, of all the people speaking, I think I like John's the best. Like, uh, if you're doing this for us, please stop because there's no need. Because that's true. And then, you know, Aaron shut that all down. Like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this for you. <laughs> and John's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Do you think Aaron is being sincere? Like, is this actually Aaron? Or maybe that's too big for me to ask of you at this moment. Mm, 
I do think it was Aaron speaking, and I do think... Oh. Hmm. That's a tough one. Like I said, this chapter flipped a lot of things upside down for me. And this is the one where I'm like, well, he did sound pretty convincing here. And he's going to keep moving forward. So he's like, I can't take any chances with parodies. What what flipped for you with this chapter? I'm super curious about that. Because I feel like I talk to you for three hours a month about every chapter. What in particular? Um... Is it the ending you think now you see differently or just kind of the, the, the ending, flavor? Also of- Aaron's motivations and, you know, uh, Reiner's role and all of it. Like uh, at first I was pretty sure where this was heading and now I'm like, <laughs> I'm not so sure. Oh, yes. And um, Emir, like we thought when we saw Emir appear before Ramsey, like maybe she would be a bit uh, ift at Aaron. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you killing kids? And then she was here holding 10-year-old Aaron's hand. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't look like someone who is on opposing sides of Aaron, you know? Did you notice the whole timing of when she showed up? Like she wasn't there at first and then suddenly the 104th is like knocked back several hundred yards and then suddenly emirs there like a boss like what is up i wish i i've i've screamed with saflora um like saflora <laughs> is one of our guests who's always like she's an aaron what, what do we call her an aaron optimist yes saflora yes. is an aaron optimist who thinks that apologist. aaron <laughs> you call her an aaron <laughs> apologist she is of the mind that that or she was of the mind that, you know, Aaron still has a noble intention for his friends. Uh-huh. And so, of course, so, uh, Emir showing up when she did at that point, looking every bit the terrifying twin of the rage <laughs> baby. You know, like I couldn't wait to chat with Saflora about it because I knew it was going to be, look at Emir, look at Emir, what's up with Emir? <laughs> and like, neither of us know what's up with Emir, but it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Oh, actually, though, I was going to mention that. Uh, did you notice how when Mikasa runs up to Aaron, she can see his eyes for a second? and then Well, I think that's a memory. I'm pretty sure that's a memory. And uh, I guess it might be a memory. I guess, I, well, it still draws attention to the fact that Mikasa noticed that Aaron's eyes are shadowed out exactly like Amir's. It's weird. Well, the thing is, the, um, the panels are a bit confusing to me because they're all running to Aaron. At first, uh-huh. right? And yeah. uh, Levi and Peek and Reiner stay behind. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this big flash. And then you see, um, I think on the side of uh, Reiner and Peek and Levi, like they stay behind. All of a sudden behind them, there's uh, there's two sh- fi- uh, shadows appearing. So what if the Aaron they saw was the real kid Aaron on the other side and the Aaron they saw with child Emir is like an Aaron that has lost his free will. And I think Emir falls under that as well because they both have their eyes shaded out. So it's like this, like I said in, in previous podcasts, I think there is like maybe a bigger power here at play that we don't know yet. You mean a big boss beyond Emir and Aaron? Yes. I have a theory about that if you guys want to hear it, but I was, I was going to wait a little bit. Yeah. I mean, now would be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good time. Okay. Um. So, okay. The one thing is, um, 
I went up and looked it up. So when Amir gets the power of the Titans, she falls into a huge tree, right? And that's like, everybody's like, oh, that's the world tree from North mythology, right? And like, every time we see the pass, we see the pass, it's like roots and it's like roots that are connecting either alternate dimensions or like alternate timelines or whatever. I, I just, the time travel part kind of just kind of rubs me, but anyway, so, so <laughs> um, this actually, the symbolism, the world tree symbolism and the, the tree of life thing, those are all um, Jungian symbols. So like the fact that there is like a subconscious thing that connects every single person and that, that it connects their thoughts and their feelings and like you can draw power from this that's actually a that's a jungian idea that's um called the collective unconscious and it's symbolized with trees and roots and like the the idea of the world tree cuz cuz you know you got the ground and then you got the roots under the ground and the roots branch out and you know all the tiny roots branch out and the deeper you go, the more complex and it connects to everybody, right? So Jungian collective of conscious is a theory he used to come up with uh, why different myths around the world reoccur over and over again. Um, like, like, why do we, you know, have you guys ever heard of Joseph Campbell's The Hero? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going somewhere, This I promise. There's this archetype idea of the hero <laughs> and um, there's this idea. So the, his idea is that Besides, like, our own subconscious, which is, you know, the shadow of the conscious mind, there's also a collective subconscious, which is just that everybody deep down has this unconscious mind, and because everybody kind of thinks the same, there's a connection between all the unconscious minds. So there's, the past, I think, has always been meant to represent the collective subconscious. That's why we have the eight titans, because Jung has archetypes, which are, like, ideas that show up in every myth and you have the titans of myth and like even even the idea of Amir herself which is like a, a a selfless pure innocent maiden who always always selflessly sacrifices herself that's like a fairy tale archetype so you have this like like legend and lore and archetypes are a part of the story and my my point is in a story like Attack on Titan that is about like cycles and about like thousands of years worth of oppression, there's this idea of not only the collective subconscious, but also the collective shadow of society. Um, have you guys ever seen Watchmen? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in, in Watchmen, there's this speech Rorschach gives, which I'm just going to read because it makes my point. He goes, dog carcasses in the alley this morning, tired, uh, something, something, something. The streets are extended gutters, and the gutters are full of blood. When the drains finally scrub over, all the vermin will drown. The accumulated filth and all of their s- sex and murder will form about their waists, and all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, save us. This is unbelievably pretentious, but the point he's trying to make <laughs> is that when you have when you have a society that represses all this oppression, and all this stuff, and because you have the Jungian idea of the collective unconscious, if everybody in the Eldian race is facing oppression, and if everybody is mm, repressing yeah. themselves, all of that negative juju just sort of builds up over time. Have you guys ever seen Persona 3? No, we are obviously like fake nerd fans. We are the uncultured, the uh, the, the Philistines of this fandom. You get what you're saying, like that works for me. If if you consider Emir as kind of like the center of that tree and she's yeah. 
getting all that negative energy that she's building up to be this little rage machine. Yeah. 2,000 years of her repressing herself and all that repression builds up over time. So one, Ymir and Aaron are choosing to do this because Aaron saw a big red button that said destroy the world. And Aaron's like, fuck yeah, push the big red button. He obviously <laughs> made the choice to do this. But at the same time, Aaron and Ymir are also embodying, in a way, this, this shadow of society, all this collective filth and gutter that's built up over time and they're venting it all at once and it's it's built up so far this is why people say it's inevitable i mean it's not inevitable but what they're talking about is like it feels like it's inevitable because like all of this stuff has built up to such a breaking point because we keep cycling around it's built up such a breaking point that like fuck it let's just destroy everything seems like a reasonable option because it might break the cycle finally I think our previous guest, Leslie, would agree with you on that. Like, that's, <laughs> I think that's his point. It's just like, you know what? Just burn it all. It's not worth saving. <laughs> and, and I don't agree with that personally, but I think that's what, that's why Emir shows up. And I think that's what Emir and Aaron are embodying, which is this Jungian response. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a psychological id. It's like when you're, when you're stuck in traffic and you're like, I wish all these cars would go away. That's what it is. But th there's no brakes on that. There's They're just doing it. I kind of was of the feeling that Emir was going to soften a little bit. And I still do think Emir's going to come around. But I think it's going to take the intervention of somebody like Historia to do it. So that's uh -huh. my new Historia comes back into the story theory. Like she gets pads magic into pads and is able to communicate to Emir, not Aaron. Uh-huh. But the, I, I have been wrong so many times <laughs> now that I almost hate saying these things aloud because Luna drops them down in her little notebook. That way Actually, this we is can one that I like. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a theory I like. I would like for her to come back like in the story like that because who would relate to her most? Because like Historia was always shunned from like childbirth, rejected by everyone. And I feel like you know, the same has basically happened to Emir. So I think I want to shout out Hamlet one more time since you guys are friends. But Hamlet wrote something that just really stuck with me about OG Emir at the time, uh, I would say when Aaron first met her, which kind of really stuck with me. It was basically like, you know, people viewing Aaron freeing her as like an ubu moment. Like, oh, look at Aaron giving her freedom. Hamlet's post was like, wait a minute, not so fast. Do you really want this woman to be like, this woman has been like abused, oppressed, tortured. You know, her children were forced to, you know, she has had like not a moment of goodness, happiness, or love in her entire existence. Do we really want this woman free? Maybe a little therapy first. And I don't <laughs> think that's how Hamlet worded it. But like when I read that, it was like, I'm nodding so fast that, you know, I hurt the back of my neck. 2,000 years of trauma aren't going to go away with one hug and one cry. I think Aaron might sort of. I don't think Aaron's possessed because I think Aaron wanted this to happen. Like he went so far to get this to happen. So I don't think he's totally possessed, but I do think he like got more than he bargained for when he let Emir out. Cause like Emir's mm. just this big 2000 years of resentment and grief. And in like Aaron probably has not as much control as Emir does in this moment. Cause Emir is just pure emotion. Imagine Aaron being the calm one in a situation, you know, <laughs> in a 
relationship. Aaron, Aaron finally met his match. <laughs> the real OTP. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the meme, Luna, but like after Aaron had his hugging Emir moment, mm-hmm. there was all of this really cute like father-daughter fan art that came out, yeah, like yeah. all happy family. Aww. And the latest one I saw was like a comparison of like what the fandom envisioned. And it was like this really super happy, you know, Aaron taking care of Emir, like he takes care of people and what they got. And of course, it's the um, the two psycho twins from um, <laughs> China. China. And it's like, okay. It. I definitely am. It, this feels like Psycho twin, Twins from The Shining. This is not, a, you know, a healthy relationship. So, as much as I would love Emir to have somebody hug her and tell her it's gonna it's be okay, all right, probably not the best person to do it. So this kind of still feels like um, there's like separate entities of Aaron, if that makes sense. Like you have the child him that is enjoying the freedom. Then you have like. The the millipede titan where he's kind of dreading what he's doing. And then there's the weird, almost like mind control, 10-year-old Aaron in paths. And I don't know if they can all exist simultaneously or, or if like one is like conscious at one point in time. Like, I don't know how it, how it works to, yeah, to really make my opinion on like, are there parts of Aaron being controlled? Because there's other parts where he seems like fully in control of his own actions. It's just. I guess that's, I, I like I said, I don't speak Aaron, but that's been the hardest part for me is the whole, who is he? And are they all the same person? Like, I desperately do not want him being mind controlled, but at the same time, I desperately do because it would explain, it would explain like the inconsistency that I see. I mean, I think Aaron's just flipping out and having a mental breakdown in the Titan. That's why we see him. I mean, that's the other. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. Is the other option, which I'm not. I'm not liking that. I, I'm not liking that one either. So no, I'm not, I I'm love just it. Not you liking... guys don't like him <laughs> falling apart, losing his mind, and being like, "I want my friends to be free." Anyway, I'm gonna put him in a cage. No, 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 guys. This is this is totally freedom because I'm I'm gonna force you guys to kill me. That's not a forced choice. Oh, that takes it. A- into our next thing, like Aaron's whole statement of, I will take the world's freedom, but not yours. <laughs> Did you feel like that was a consistent statement uh, with no. what we know of Aaron? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, like, topic solved. Let's move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do any of us understand anything about what Aaron said? No, great. Let's move on. No, really. Luna, what did you think? Okay, so I do kind of like the, um, the theory that Link mentioned about like the, the tree. Because it's kind of like mm-hmm. connected to, like in Norse mythology, to all the, the nine realms, right? So you have the uh-huh. human realm, Midgar, and then you have like the realm of the giants, Jönheim. Uh-huh. Like what if that's where the titans came from? Like that's like somebody from Jönheim or some god like ruling all of the nine realms. Something uh-huh. like, weird like that is like the Let's main Let's give top. titans to this random little girl. That seems like a good idea. Well, she she fell in it, right? She she accidentally discovered it. So it was like, well, since you were it, it discovered this as the first human in this realm, let me grant you some powers or something. I don't know, but it's uh I I never really thought about it as well about like Emir being so traumatized like maybe you don't want her out like no, <laughs> that, this is not how you expose somebody who's it's, gone through severe trauma. There's a reason why people have, have the genocidal maniac comfort 
like the severely traumatized, you know. Let's have the equally traumatized person, yeah, share their viewpoint on life. Let's not hand our godlike powers at the moment. Just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, that that is also an interesting choice because, like, where is she at mentally? Like, is her child form saying anything? Is is it just like a representation of when she got the Titan powers? What what's going on with Emir and the fact that she can't talk makes it really hard for us to, you know, kind of gauge what she's saying, especially with her eyes like shadowed over constantly. We asked some of this in the poll. Like we um one question, Ymir appears to be aligned with Aaron. What do you make of this? And at this point, 55% do believe that they are both on the same page and they both want the rumbling. The next largest chunk of the pie was 20% that believe that Aaron is actually a pawn in all of this. Mm. So, and then a smaller percent, 16, that Ymir is a slave to Aaron, which is an interesting (laughs) idea as well, that, Mm. you know, he's now the devil holding the apple. That was for me the only question I skipped on the poll. Yeah? Yeah, because I was like, none of those choices kind of are in line with, I think, because I think, you know, neither of them is really fully in control at this point. Right. You think there still might be... There's still something big, else like going maybe. on we don't know about. That's what Do I you think. think it's the centipede creature? Do you think it's the insect creature? <laughs> no, I think that's... You know, it's like some sort of symbiote that's or something or like... It's venom venom from venom. Yes, that's what I mean. I know everything for you, Link, is like an Evangelion reference. Everything for me is a full metal alchemist. So like that little thing in the jar in full metal alchemist that wanted the godlike power, if if that's what that centipede kind of creature is, and now he's finally gotten his final form. (laughs) Man, I kind of hope not, because I like Aaron being the final boss. And and I like the reason the world is ending, not because like there's some secret uh, shadow thing. It's just because Aaron's kind of a tool. I mean, I like mm. him, but I mean, I think there's. I hope it's. Yeah, I hope Aaron is the final boss, and I hope there is indeed like some greater power at work. But it's not necessarily like an overly involved power or somebody who like something that wants to kill everyone and everything, because that would just be lame at this point. Yeah, I yeah. honestly think the popular subconscious thing explains it. I mean, another thing I don't really quite get yet is why Aaron and Emir are kids in the Titan Paths. Because didn't Emir die as an adult? Yeah, so my theory was that they are the same age they are when they got their Titan powers. Ah. Uh, That's the second most popular one in the poll when we asked this. Ah. Uh, What's the most popular one? The most popular with... 58.8. It's a sign that they've lost their free will. <laughs> Overwhelming majority. So 48.8% believe, and this was a multi-select, so people could select several. Okay. So close to 50% do believe part of it is that they are no longer free. And then 41.3% have the attitude of they are just the ages in which they regain their Titan power. If that's true, even that needs explanation. Why would that be the age that they revert to? Like, why is that significant? Let's see, less popular options were their ignorance and immaturity. Immaturity is mine. I mean, I think they like, like I said, I think I'm, I think they're embodying what you would call a psychological id, which is like, 
It's like the thing that makes you eat the cheesecake at the Olive Garden, even though you know it's bad for you. <laughs> see, see, an adult would also sometimes eat the cheesecake, but a child, I mean, the reason kids cry in the supermarket. Um, Luna will also eat the cheesecake, by the way. I have personal experience with this. <laughs> the, the reason kids cry in a supermarket is because oh, you don't buy them Doritos is because they don't really know that they're causing a fuss. They don't, they only understand their own wants and needs. They don't really understand that other people are around them and they're also like they don't understand that it's not really a big deal in the grand scheme of things that you won't buy them a in a, a Dorito so they'll cry for 20 minutes basically like Aaron and Emir only see their own pain in this moment like Aaron sees his loss of his mother and the like constant wars he thrown himself into since he was a kid and Emir just sees you know the 2000 whole years of torture or something and <laughs> they can only see those own emotions which is why they're acting like a child because they don't have any empathy for other people suffering right now when they're you know stomping on the whole world also, the other the other option is it's an Evangelion thing, and that uh, <laughs> Emir 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 showing up everywhere is like Ray showing up everywhere when instrumentality mm. happens. That's my other theory. That one's less thought out. <laughs> Last month, you you were the one that said that everything is an Evangelion reference, right? Yeah, all anime past nineteen ninety three is an Evangelion <laughs> reference. So Aaron ends this conversation by saying, "The only thing left for us is to fight." Uh, question for both of you. Is Aaron willing to kill his friends? What do you think? My thoughts oh, are totally... no. Oh, okay, Luna, you go first. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go first. I think no, because I just don't see it happening. I think he cares too much about them. Like, we've seen it over and over again that he's, you know, his actions speak louder than his words. And he's, he wants to keep his friends safe. So for him to say, like, okay, well, come and fight me, I think he knows it's inevitable. Hmm. Okay, but if he has to kill them, you don't think you think he'd stop the rampage if it was kill them or continue? Oh. Well, I mean, he want, let's, let's say that he wants to keep Paradis safe because he wants to ensure they live long, happy lives on Paradis. Wouldn't I feel like it would be counterproductive to kill them, but I think he wouldn't mind like hurting them or, <laughs> you know, but I don't see them killing them. And also the interesting part is like he said he didn't, well, he didn't take their powers away, right? Even though he could. He Which, won't take their freedom, but will he kill them? Yeah, but he won't. But he's going to give them the choice. Why would he leave Reiner and Peek and Falco? Like, okay, Reiner and Falco can maybe kind of understand, but Peek and him are not friendly at all, and she kept her powers too. Well, he he obviously took none of the Titan, the remaining yeah, Titan powers. Yeah. So does it have to do with them being friends, or does it have to do with something else? Mm. Okay. <laughs> so you don't think you think. It, there's nothing left for us to do but fight. If they try yes. to stop him, you don't think he'll be able to kill them? No, I don't think he will. But I don't. I don't. Okay. I do think he will. I think he will definitely rough up Armin because Armin is like a titan, so he will <laughs> heal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Link. What do you think? I didn't. He already kill Hanji. I mean, so yeah, I know. <laughs> Does is Hanji not his friend? He's a friend. Did you see how he went raging against Hanji in that jail cell? You guys just like, everybody is my friend, but fuck Angie. 
<laughs> I didn't know you guys didn't like Hanji that much. <laughs> I mean, like, is Aaron going to contradict himself again? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are you guys saying that Aaron was going to say one thing and then do another thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here here's another thing I was going to say with the with the Mikasa theory, which is like, is that the worst thing that could possibly happen? Yes, and that's how I predict Isayama twists in general. Yeah. <laughs> is the worst thing that could possibly happen going to happen? Mm, sounds like it. But, I mean, th- that's not a lot of logic. I know, I'm just saying, like, it sounds like he's going to do it. So I will try to back this up with reasoning. I think Aaron does really love his friends. Like, I, I, I get a bad rap for saying that. See, like, I think both of these things can coexist. I think Aaron can love his friends at the same time, where he can also be, like, it's kind of like the relationship he has with Era with Mikasa, where obviously Aaron cares about Mikasa. He's always cared about her. They've been together for so long. And like Aaron almost seemed like he might have put the brakes on his plan to run away if he confirmed what his relationship to Mikasa was. But at the same time, he kind of resents her. And it's not that he loves her or hates her. It, the complexity comes from both at once. Aaron loves his friends and he wants to do things these things for his friends. Aaron is also Aaron, so he kind of just does not get along well with people, and he doesn't really know how to connect with people or love them right, so he makes a bunch of selfish decisions. It's it's not one or the other. It's not one is more true than the other. It's both true at the same time, and that's why it's so confusing. And like you said, that there are like three different Aarons right now, and he just keeps splitting apart, and it's much more likely that these are all Aaron rather than one of them is the true Aaron, etc., etc., so do you think if he had to kill Armin, Connie, if they got in his way, would they would he use lethal force to stop them? Oh, Connie is definitely going to die. He doesn't have a character arc. Um, <laughs> poor Connie. It's always Connie. Are we ever going to get through a pop- without beating up on Connie? I'm so sorry, Connie. Not really. I don't care that much. Kanji was a casualty of war. I mean, you know, he didn't. I mean, if Aaron has total control of the things, he probably could have stopped him. So, I mean, Hanji died already. So, it, to me, it seems like a moot question because Hanji's already dead. But, like, will Aaron... I guess just what you guys are asking was, is besides, like, the giant stampeding titans, will Aaron himself, like, in his head, use the centipede titan to smack him down or, like, literally try to kill them and... I don't know. It kind of sounds like something he would do. If he was forced to choose, I think Aaron will choose himself because that's what he's been choosing so far. Oof. He'll choose to be alone again. (laughs) Yeah, we did ask this on the poll because uh, it did seem like a topic and 30% of the fandom doesn't think he'd be able to kill anybody like directly. But of the named characters, 25% think he would be able to kill... Armin, 23% think he'd be able to kill Mikasa. Uh, of course, Annie, Peek, Reiner, all of those are plus 50%. You know, they don't think he'd hesitate before killing Reiner or Annie uh, or Gabby. <laughs> I know. But it, it's just kind of shocking because you've we've all been in the fandom a while. We all know that like Aaron's love for his friends. He's doing this for his friends, blah, blah, blah. And now we're at the point where like, 23% think he'd be able to kill Mikasa and 25% think he'd be able to kill Armin. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of shocking like that we've come to this, but everything about this, you know, is shocking. So here I mean, we are. I, 
I wonder if we're gonna like go back to Trost where you know Mikasa first got her scar because the Titan lashed out and attacked her first. You know, I wonder if we're gonna go back to that or parallel that in some way. Yeah. So on the poll, we also have two questions that are right at the 50-50 mark, and maybe we'll ask these right before we go to break. Um, If neither party steps aside, Aaron says they'll collide, who do you think would win, Aaron or the Alliance? Link? Um, I mean, I think the Alliance should win, but that also requires Armin, like, doing things and making decisions, so... (laughs) I'm also 50-50 on this. If Armin, like, if Armin, like, steps up, the Alliance could win in 10 seconds, but I don't, it, 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 it doesn't seem like Armin's going to step up until, I don't know, Falco and Annie show up on the Flying Titan to save the day. What about you, Lena? If neither side steps down, Aaron says they'll collide, who mm-hmm. would win in that case? The Alliance or Aaron? The Alliance, it has to win. <laughs> okay. Wishful thinking, maybe, but yeah. So that one's uh, 50, 50.3% say Aaron and 497 say the Alliance. Uh, so slightly more people think Aaron, very slightly more. Um, okay, so the other one, that's a 50-50 split, or should I say 49-51. Yeah. Levi returned from pass with more <laughs> fingers than he started with. Is this a mistake, <laughs> Luna? Uh, I mean, as much as... Um... Isayama drawing a light bulb in a place with no electricity, as much as Aaron fans <laughs> reappearing out of nowhere, as much as Reiner's and uh, Shadis's beards uh, disappearing. Like, I think it's an animation error. Don't forget John's rocks. I mean, he could he could have pocketed those rocks. You know, maybe he okay. was playing with the idea of killing Flaw, but. No. <laughs> so you think it's a mistake? Uh, you think it's an art? Yeah. All right, Link? I think it is probably a mistake, but if I were Isayama, I'd just roll with it and be like, uh, Ackerman <laughs> healing, guys! Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that they could do that? <laughs> I mean, I think if it was um, something that happened, it's like like Levi would at least notice it and tell people, like, what the f- what happened to my... Uh, you know, and like his whole face wouldn't be in, covered in stitches, and right? He Everything. would have noticed it and stuck his whole face in the sand, is what yeah. you're telling me. <laughs> have you seen that? He would, <laughs> he'd be like flying starfish on the ground, laying in the sand, <laughs> making sand angels, trying to get every part of his body sandy yeah, just like and an peeled. It's just like bam, head in the sand, and then or an emu. I don't know. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, I. I I'm kind of like, on this one, I have been wrong so many times by staring too closely at panels. My feeling is, I'm not I'm not going to like it. Like, it seems kind of like, okay, really? But if it happens, it happens. So. All right. Shall we take a break? Yep. Yes. Okay. okay. We'll be right back.
Hi guys, welcome back. And apparently we're not the only people who are coming back because turns out Annie and Falco might be returning back to the story as well. Let's talk a little bit <laughs> about the reveals that took place on that boat. What do you guys think about Falco having that wonderful dream of flying above the clouds? <laughs> okay, see, I, I like I I you know that um the meme of the woman drinking the um how do you say it, kombucha? Kombucha. That was me. That was me <laughs> with this. Like and the fact that so many people hate this. I feel kind of betrayed. I feel like everybody else kind of got to that second step of the meme, making the nasty face about it and haven't gotten to the, this might be good phase. Yeah. I definitely went through the what reaction, the, oh, this is bad to the, oh, okay, cool. Let's go with this. Takes another sip. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was kind of, I'm surprised that every discord I go into right now is people like, about it like complaining i'm actually with you mom taku like are people surprised i mean hasn't every titan power just kind of come out of nowhere like this like when we started out i mean i think you're the one who said like two years ago you would be surprised if something like the the hammer titan was a thing where it like got armor and summoned shit and had a giant hammer in 2017 i had said link spooky i there's going to be a Titan that wears an executioner mask, is an earthbending Titan, can form <laughs> weapons out of the ground, is attached by a crystal via an umbilical cord to her <laughs> Titan form. Like, would you have just gone two thumbs up? Woohoo! Yeah. No, you would have like, hello, are we surprised? I mean, see, the thing is, this always happens in stories like this. I call it the X-Men limit. It's it's not actually what it's called, but I made it up. Basically, if you have <laughs> some sort of supernatural element, like, say, vampires, eventually it'll get more and more complex to the point where they just fucking become X-Men at that point. <laughs> like, okay, so if, if at first it was uh, this Titan, Amir's Titan is a jaw Titan, so it has a big jaw. Uh, one Titan is really big. One Titan has armor. Aaron's Titan is good at punching things. Annie's Titan looks like a girl. That was just it. But then the story went on and we got more complexity and now they're just X-Men. Aaron can see the future. Uh, who knows what Rainer's ass pull ability is going to be. Falco can fly. <laughs> He transferred his brain function to his spine, okay? Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was so... I actually... <laughs> this is before I started to love Rainer, so I was super mm. mad at that at the time. <laughs> I, well, I did a, I'm with you on that one, because I was also like, just die already. <laughs> and and now it's 180, and I'm like, oh, thank God Rainer had that ass pull. <laughs> True. A literal ass pull. Reiner's brain function being transferred to his spine was literally, there have been several times in the manga where I, I just looked at it and thought, I analyzed this, you know? It was like, <laughs> that was the second time in the story I looked at it and was like, I take this story seriously. <laughs> what is wrong with me? What was the first one? Yeah, it was in the cavern when Hanji was shot in the soldier with the harpoon and they fell to the ground a hundred meters and they were bleeding out. And yeah. And next chapter they're up smiling and waving. So that was the first time I was like, I analyzed that scene. I had expectations. So this was like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing is, I don't know, it seemed clearly pretty clearly set up to me. I mean, 
his name is Falco. He is associated with birds. Like, the first thing he did in the manga was, I don't know, look at the sky and be like, oh, I want to fly. And his titan shape looked like a bird. And everyone's like, whoa, that's weird. Your titan looks like a bird. I mean, mm-hmm. did they think it was just because his name is Falco? So it seemed set up to me. I mean, it's only as much of an asshole as everything else is, but it seemed set up. I thought, I thought that was going to be the attention from the start, because otherwise, what is the... What is the pack carrying Titan's special ability besides that? Carrying things? Okay. Well, yeah. anyway. <laughs> His special ability was Porco's inferiority complex. <laughs> I do feel bad that Fal- like I loved Porco and here Falco gets Zeke and Aaron's like it's like Porco doesn't matter. Porco just like what was the point? I don't know. He had a good death. I mean He had a great death. Some characters are just there to die. He was there to be mad at Rainer, which, to be fair, if I knew Rainer, I'd probably bully him too. And he was there to die. And he did both things. I mean, to be honest, though, like, I feel like this was a long time coming with Falco. Like, how could this, this, like, the whole whole thing about there being a flying titan has been mentioned so often since the Marley (laughs) arc. I mean, come on. How is this an asshole? (laughs) I think because People like the Marleans have said like, oh, like uh, about Zeke's site and oh, it looks the same as before, but they never said like to what extent it's more like, oh, it's good at throwing. But hey, you know, I still think Xavers was a mole and he could have thrown very well as well, perhaps. By saying the Beast Titan is historically not good in battle, Xavers made that point. The Beast Titan is typically not good in battle. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because they're all monkeys. It could, maybe that's like the more unpredictable power. And it was called the Beast Titan. Yeah, not the monkey or the ape Titan or something. It's the Beast. I've heard too. So actually the Beast Titan being any animal, Mm -hmm. we asked in the poll all of these new plot points. Only 14% of the fandom thought that that part was particularly forced. Like that, the Beast Titan being any animal, collectively, in fact, 52% have nodded their head and said, yeah, that works for me. That was not a moment that anybody took great objection to. The one that people have taken the most objection to was 36% do not like. They think that it's been forced that Falco would become the flying Titan. And like you guys have both said, it seems pretty natural to me. Like uh, the writing was on the wall, like 40 different ways. But I think like I was in a discord yesterday trying to find out like, what what is your beef with this? What is the beef? And they feel like if I'm understanding correctly, it's like that it was a meme and now it's be- it's just like they're just more like groaning and rolling their eyes at it. <laughs> okay, because like it, it people were joking about it in the manga and like they like joking about it and then it became reality. Yes. Oh, and now it's I not. But like it's it makes, more cringeworthy. I, yeah, but I think it makes sense because why else would Falco's Titan look like a bird because he always, you know, the the whole bird thing has been mm-hmm. so obvious the last couple of chapters but especially with Falco even aside from his name. And we all know that um, Isayama loves his names. Yes. Historia, Falco, Porco. Porco Galliard, yeah. Mm. I think maybe what people take objection to might be that it's like a really obvious setup. Because like, I mean, this is what we were complaining about with 125 and 126. Everybody separated 
only to immediately get back together again to at which point why separate like annie could have just gotten on the plane why why have this second plot arc of annie hesitating for a moment and then like two chapters later just flying there on folk mm-hmm. to save the day it's so funny deadpan looking and falco like doing his i'm guessing gabby's gonna be there too because gabby's just the strongest character in the manga at this point she will one shot all those uh colossals i hope so but that's yeah, where anyway, all the bombs are for for like gabby to throw those at the <laughs> can't you see gabby on the plane throwing the weapons out the window and like <laughs> incinerating them as i can see it happening if people think it's forced, I think it's forced in the sense that, like, it's there because Annie needed to hesitate for a second so she could have that obvious scene where she goes back to save everyone. But other than that, I don't think it's forced. Can something be considered forced because it was just too obvious? Like, it's almost like they think that it's forced because it's too predictable, which is a contradiction to me. But they just hate it. People hate this. I cannot believe the majority, like, okay, so looking at Falco becoming a flying titan, 37% think it's forced, 33% are kind of neutral on the idea, and only uh, 30% say that it's natural. So the most, the that's the one where the majority think that it was like forced, so. Maybe it has to do with the fact that it, you know, it took Zeke's spinal fluid and a different titan to get here. Like if he had eaten the beast titan, maybe people would be more open to it. Uh, so that's the next one. So the next one, the plot point, Falco getting Zeke's memories, 28% called that one forced. And again, I have no issue with this. Do you guys have any narrative issue with Falco getting memories from Zeke's spinal infection? I mean, hasn't that been happening all over the place late recently with all the path stuff? I mean, that's how memories happen is through this, like you get your power through flu- spinal fluid. They get their memories of their predecessor through spinal fluid. Falco got Zeke's spinal fluid. Like, why is there a could is okay. it but he ate more of like Porco's spinal fluid? So the fact that right? he got like Zeke's dream, <laughs> like he's not even like as far as we know, like connected by blood to Zeke. He's not like the direct successor of the Beast Titan. So I don't yeah understand why he would get that memory so to me it did feel a bit forced like oh shit i need something for plot convenience well definitely i mean it definitely was that but it's not it's not impossible in what we know of titan biology and physiology no no it would make sense maybe ingesting but that makes me wonder then because like we know that like aaron ingested like um armored spinal fluid to get the hardening ability did he ever get memories from that former Armor Titan? It could have been possible. So theoretically, Aaron could have whatever Armored Titan's memories, he could have gotten them at that moment, yes. Unless, unless there is a time loop. Oh God, don't mention time loop. And, and future Aaron plays Reiner's fluid <laughs> in the rice cavern. I think you just figured it out. Oh, I, I really hope there's no like time loop or stuff like that. Because I, I read people saying like, you know, they're already in the time loop. And that's why Mikasa is having those headaches because like she can, it's like kind of like a get out where like the part of the brain that was originally there is like creeping out and saying like, no, get out, run. And then, you know, the person whose brain was implanted takes over again. <laughs> Oh, I see. <laughs> That's it's so weird. 
I hope that's it's not something like that because it it would become incredibly convoluted. I mean, it is a convoluted story in, in many ways, but we're skirting on the edge of time travel bullshit, and I feel like we've not thrown ourselves off the cliff yet, but we're skirting that edge. Like, mm-hmm. do we want to go I there? Inevitable. I mean, Link, the the chapter one is called to you in two thousand years. Oh. It implies <laughs> that, and then we met Emir, and. Then we got Pat's time travel shenanigans, oh, and no! now the theory that it's Mikasa holding baby Aaron saying you are free. I like the theory that it's Zeke at the end of the manga, just because that would piss Levi off. I like <laughs> Levi. It's just funny to me. I laughed so hard at him this chapter. Like, oh, Aaron, you are killing everyone in this entire world. Well, if you stop now, I'll only kick your ass for a little bit. And then Zeke, Zeke who killed my precious Erwin, must kill Zeke. <laughs> like they, it's not even like let's disconnect Zeke from Aaron to stop this from happening. No, we have to kill Zeke to stop this hey, from guys, happening. Guys, I think killing Zeke would help. I don't know how it's gonna help, but I think it would help. Andy <laughs> said it would, so we gotta do it. Not even sure if Zeke's still alive, but I have to kill him. Kill him. <laughs> it works. Does it? Does it? I mean, for me, obviously, I think like I know a lot of people are like they're they they like memeing the must kill monkey thing, but I know for people like in my ship community, we're all just like, yep, yep, <laughs> accepted. <laughs> uh, You're feels- just like, I think Levi should have his revenge because I mean, Erwin's dead, and nothing is going for going to heal that hole in my heart. Yeah. So the other reveal that. The that the female titan is able to manifest other titan powers, possibly by eating portions of those titans. Twenty seven percent of the fandom have decided that that is unreasonable or that it felt forced. Huh? Okay. That one surprises me. I feel like this one though. This one doesn't surprise me at all because, like you were saying, Luna, Aaron Aaron chomped a fluid and got a power up. So the fact that she's got all these power ups, yeah makes sense but i think i think maybe part of the 27% that don't like this is because like early in the chapter she's like oh i could eat a bird and then like three panels <laughs> later uh, if you eat a bird you'll become a bird so burp, burp, burp. Burp, 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 burp. so they're not going to be flying on falco annie and falco are both going to be flying yes. is that where we're going that's, that's, that's how i read it I, I don't understand how all the people were like oh uh, annie's gonna fly on t- on falco no they're both gonna be flying she's gonna eat a part of falco's ass and then she's gonna be flying too and then and then gabby's just gonna be on falco's back because there's no way gabby's just not gonna be there because she's the most powerful character in the manga you know that scene from never-ending story <laughs> That's been memed so many times now for Gabby and Falco. Oh my god, I love it! It's the best thing ever, guys. It's the <laughs> See? See? thing to happen in this manga. I am fist bumping you, Link. I read this and I'm seriously like, uh, wait, uh, oh yeah, this will be fun. Like, I, I, the fantastical, like, I never. This is a shonen manga, and like you said. X-Men at work. This is it's it's also a fantasy, and these little fantasy elements are happening. I'm okay with it. If you're, if you're going to get upset about it, you would have gotten upset about it a long time ago with the Rainer. Um, yep. Oh, actually, I can put my brain in my spine. Like, that seems more unreasonable to me than Falco being a bird. 
So is it possible Isayama drew Annie like extra sexy to soften the blow? <laughs> I think I think it's for the all, all the Aru Annie shippers who are like going crazy over the past few chapters. <laughs> Lena, my understanding is that your job is to mention Annie, Annie's appearance. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Um, apparently, Isayama has been paying attention to uh, Annie's physique and most especially her rear end. You know, like we joke about like Erwin, like the flat ass when Aaron, Mikasa almost, hers is almost inverted at some points. Like the dude cannot draw. He can draw like, <laughs> he can draw horse rumps. Yeah, he can draw Titans. Have you seen Reiner's ass? I, I I don't know. Like finally he got Annie right. Can I can I say something that might be controversial? I don't think I mean I like Yasama's art style and I think he's really good at some things, but I've never really found any of the characters super hot, with the exception of Erwin. I don't think that's gonna be a controversial statement. Like the only character that has been attractive to me in the manga is Erwin. I don't know why. It's just that forehead, man. Some of the ladies are beautiful. I, I find Historia gorgeous. Like, I do think some of them are very attractive, but the guys, I'm with you on that. Like, objectively looking at Levi or John sometimes is cute, but like Reiner, this chapter, what was up with Reiner's face? Like, sometimes Reiner is beautiful. I like Reiner, but I I love his dork beard, but I think that was like the ugliest beard. I think the problem with the attractiveness (laughs) is that they're never consistent. And Reiner, Reiner, this chapter was so inconsistent. Like, Luna, what was up with your boy? Yeah. Is it me or did this chapter feel a little bit rushed? Because, like, normally he pays a bit more attention when he's drawing Reiner's face. There's a bit more detail to it. And I feel like this time around, it was just a bit... Eh. I don't know if it, if it took him longer to plan out this chapter. Maybe. He looked like a saggy old man. He he was he looked there was just no he yeah. was super skinny. Yeah. He unless he's lost a ton of weight. What, overnight? I don't know. He put some effort into Annie though. I think we can agree he put some effort into He spent so much time drawing Annie's ass that every other character could just kind of half assed. I feel like that. I feel like that. It's like, oh wait, I've got to draw Ryan now. <laughs> you know, after he spent three hours on Annie's hair. Annie's posture leaning across, you know, yeah. <laughs> I st- yeah, I still think most panels of Reiner this chapter are good. I think the 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 scans we saw the uh, ventilation scans were a bit rough, made it look worse. Oh yeah, the scans. This I mean, no offense, because like you know, it's people doing it for free, so you can't complain too much. But <laughs> they were a little bit murky. Hmm. True. But, you know, I'm not too too worried about it because apparently Ani also says, like, well, you know, every Titan can do it, but it's particularly mm. easy for the female. So maybe she can use, at least in the official translation, so maybe she, it's easier for uh, her to use the hardening power because it took Aaron quite a while, right, to oh, yeah. master the, the hardening power. And I think maybe she would be able to do it fairly quickly or maybe immediately. I did see somebody mention that in the female Titan arc, like she actually did take chunks out of Aaron. Like she was trying to eat him. Oh yeah, she was. They're, they're thinking that if this is true, that the female Titan can eat a portion of another, she should have gained some of Aaron's powers 
because she did eat chunks of him, but they, because, you know, that people who have not enjoyed this development or have called it inconsistent, they certainly are able to say, okay, but this happened and, and, you know, and this happened and build a strong case for the fact that this was probably not planned from chapter 36 on. I agree. I agree with Link that, you know, when 19 year old Hajime Isayama drew all the Titans, he drew a woman Titan because it looked really cool and he didn't give a lot of thought into like, oh, what happens if a guy eats it? What happened? You know, does he become a female Titan? You know, I don't think, I just, it was like 19 year old Hajime Isayama was like, oh, that's really cool. And now he's having to live with those decisions. And now they're X-Men. And now they're X-Men. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? He's been writing a chapter every month for 10 years. It's not all going to be consistent, but it all works. It's not, yeah, it's not It's not a game breaker is the thing. But I think for a lot of people, it is this chapter. Like, there's a lot of upset going on that, or maybe not everywhere, but in certain discords that I'm in, especially the ones that are like primarily like the Jaegerists or people that enjoy the death, the destruction, the the badass attitude of Aaron, I'm going to destroy, like, they're feeling a little betrayed right now from this chapter. I mean, I guess, like, I want to think there is a little bit of a point with because um, I don't, I don't like thinking people are totally wrong in their reading of things. I think like everybody has a good point to make. So I want to think there's a little bit of a point that like, as we've said, as I mean, as you guys have said that post one twenty six, the alliance coming together, they don't really have much of a plan, and they they kind of all flopped together. So like, rooting for. Like, Aaron does at least seem to have a plan. The plan is a stupid plan, but it is at least a plan. Whereas, like, the the guys coming together, I wouldn't want to see them win through plot convenience. I'd want to see them, like, feel like they've actually come together and proven something. Not like, oh, okay, anyway, Falco and Annie can fly now, and that's going to be very convenient later on. So, I I can get that. I I, I get that they probably want it to feel earned. As opposed to... (laughs) Here's my superpower that I just now mentioned. (laughs) It's just all of the fights in Attack on Titan are like this, so it doesn't really bug me. Like, it wasn't that the entirety of the... Like, I love... Return to Shinigashina is my favorite arc. And I love that. And that entire arc is like, all right, we're going to do this now. All right, we're going to do... It's like, it's not really a fight so much as everybody... The next person pulls out their new tactic that totally turns the fight around. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm with you on that. The people that make an argument against it, I can see their logic, but it's not a deal breaker for me. This was not a deal breaker for me. Luna, do you think we'll actually see Falco and Annie flying or will they just sort of like, will we see the transformation and then will we see them land? No, we'll we'll see them both flying, both coming. I don't know how how Annie's Titan will fly. She will like... Grow angel wings. She will be like Gatomon, try uh, transforming into oh, Angelmon. Awesome! You guys are making me really love this idea. <laughs> I was totally down for it. So yeah, no, I uh, I am looking forward to seeing that baby fly. I'm so happy. Finally, a flying Titan. Here, I thought Falco was going to be safe till the epilogue, or I'd hoped Falco would be safe. <laughs> nope, nope. Kids flying. <laughs> Why must people put Falco in danger? Honestly, like, I love Aaron. I also want him to die. I love Mikasa. I don't want her to die, but it could happen. 
I don't think Armin's gonna die, but it could happen. The only two characters at this point that I really don't want to die, besides Anya Kapan, who deserves to live, as we said earlier, is <laughs> um is Falco and Gabby, because they've just been through too much. Just just let them <sighs> off. <laughs> they have like the least to do with all this this and they they suffer the most. By the way, I have to ask you too, because when you first saw the panel like um of Falco's dream, so all the him like the clouds, him flying above the clouds. Did it remind you of Aaron? Yep, yep. And oh, his yeah, I mean it's it's clearly a motif that's going around. I mean, it is possible if Falco is going to be the one that ends Aaron, that these are future Attack Titan memories, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, what if these are Aaron's memories or future memories? It could be. And it would explain why Falco is in the memory shard, right? Like, it could it could be that Falco is the future Attack Titan and therefore gets that memory transfer as well. Man, Falco's just getting all the Titans. He's just going to end up with all nine Titans. <laughs> I thought we put that option on the poll because I know like Cloudy in the in the poll Discord got really excited at the idea that this was actually Aaron communicating whether or not Falco's going to be the future Attack Titan or not, that this is why this is why Falco's face is in that memory shard when he's looking at the birds. This it could be a motif. Or it could be a sign that this is Aaron summoning Falco. I don't know which I like better. It could go either way. So I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. If if he does transform into what what yeah, what if it's Aaron and he can't even transform into a bird? <laughs> what is that would be so funny. He like, can't have bird powers. It's like, oh, yeah, we want to fly. And, you know, it's like, oh, crap. And so they just have to turn the ship around and hope that they'll get there in time. Or they've already sunk the ship, like Kiyomi speculated. So somebody else was saying how cool it would be if the ship does sink. Because Yelena's first memory that we see of the Beast Titan, which convinced her to follow him, was seeing his power manifested while she was in a lifeboat. And if now she sees Falco utilize i don't know like it could be poetic yelena just cannot catch a break it could be poetic yelena's another one of those characters that i just kind of want to live to the end of the manga they just don't seem to die could the boats do you guys think the boat will sink yeah seems like it you do they made a long fuss over it so yeah do you think so luna i just want to know if they'll warn yelena beforehand or just be like nah let, let her go down with the ship Bye, Elena. I think if it's going to happen, I would like to think that Kiyomi will bring everybody on the deck for the transformation. That way, if they go down, they at least know they're going down. Because it, and again, like there could be that poetic sense of Elena seeing the newest, the newer Beast Titan, and, and also like this ship is like the new Titanic. Like not enough rescue, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. rescue boats. Like everyone's going to die in the waters. I'll never let go, Kiyomi. <laughs> All that's left is Fort Salta. Karina yep. is alive. Ugh. <sighs> Karina is alive. Back to the whole, um, was this natural, forced, or neutral? 22% of our fandom was not happy with this development. Really? 
It seemed so really? obvious to me that they were still. Maybe that's why they hate it. <laughs> did they? Did they not see how much of a boss that Annie's dad was being? Oh, they were like he's crippled and old. He won't be able to do anything. I don't know how I feel. Like I knew it was coming, or I knew. Okay, I knew they were alive. I knew the refugees were. I knew Papa. Lee and Hart was alive, but them showing up, up (laughs) yeah, them showing up at Fort Salta, like the reunion potentially that could happen, that to me does feel a little bit forced. Like the fact, I knew they were alive. I knew they were going to convince the guards that, you know, we're going to die if you don't do something, but them showing up at Fort Salta. I'm kind of in that camp where I'm okay with it because I would love to see the reunion, Oh yeah, but- I mean, I is thought, it a little? Yeah. I thought part of the thematic power of the manga was them deciding to save the world anyway, even though all their loved ones might be dead. So it does weaken on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they still don't know that they're alive, right? So it's it's or that they're dead in the case of Colt. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Colt might be alive. <laughs> I, I'm I'm holding on to the hope, right? People can live. I mean, Cole didn't do anything wrong. He just wanted his brother to be okay and then didn't let go when when Falco turned into bird boy. Yeah. I mean, it could have happened. I love how they say, oh, they're with our son. He's strong. They'll be fine. I'm like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, felt so bad. Like, those parents have been through enough. I kind of feel like the kids will have the reunion with their parents, but I think Annie's going to get there after Mr. Leonhardt dies. I don't know that she's going to get Aww. to see her dad. I think she's going to know that he lived and she's and he, it's going to become somebody to fight for. But I'm not sh- – I mean, Why, I would love for them. No, but I mean like the bombs are about to start dropping Aww, and they're okay. going to climb. I mean, it, 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 they're, in a per- they're in a precarious situation. The train, the Titans are coming – Stuff is happening. Hi. I would love for there to be a family reunion, but I'm not. I'm not overly optimistic that Annie's going to get to hug her daddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's kind of like the Mikasa thing, where Mikasa kind of has to let go of Aaron. Annie's one objective has been to get back home, so she kind of has to let go of that, even though it's you know mean. But is it before or after the hug that she lets go of that? I hope it's after the hug. What if she has to choose, like, oh, I can go and be re- reunite with my father, or I have to go and stop Aaron, and then she chooses to chooses to go with everyone else to stop Aaron? It'll be interesting. Like, because she doesn't have to at that point, right? She's like, but I don't. I really hope he won't die because, like, he has that survival instinct. Like, remember when Aaron went ham on uh on Liberio, and he just pushed Karina out of the way, like, move, bitch, get out of the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I also did so fun. Like, he just, like, was like, yeah, I'm holding a gun, and you're going to take all of us to Fort Salta. I'm going to take gonna- all of the aliens and all. move us somewhere else. He was just, he's just so badass. Is is I like I had been hopeful of a reunion, and I can't remember specifically if this is one of those points where you've said to me wrong manga or not. But I mean, was this something that you th- was a wrong manga moment for you when I said, "Oh, they're all gonna they're gonna meet up with the refugees and have a reunion," or did you think that this would happen too? 
I think I think because they were still alive, like it would be inevitable that they would get a reunion. It was just kind of like the question of when. So is it going to be at the end of the story or is it going to be like next chapter? That that was no. Fine. Of course, it's going to be right in the middle of a Titan battle because we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this thing. Right then. What is up with why couldn't why can't we have nice things? I think uh, you know the answer to that. Wrong yeah. manga. <laughs> <laughs> You've only been reading this manga for what three years? Four? Oh, much longer. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we did the survival and the death bracket? Yeah. Like, I figured people like uh, Falco's parents would be, they're refugees. They're going to be, they're going to be doing what refugees do and running away from danger. And, you know, and here they're all in the battle scene now. So, like, I think when I went through and clicked check boxes that they would survive, now it's not quite. Can so I just clear. say that they are moving south and they are moving to like a strategic point with where they know airships are, which probably go faster than a train. So is it like that weird that they would go there? Like it I kind guess of not. Sense. It's not, I it's not like not. a random town or a random place in the middle of nowhere. Where True. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. So this does make narrative sense because Papa Leonhardt, that is going there to get on an airship because they're all going to fit on a blimp and then they're all going to fly to safety. So there better be one airship left. (laughs) (laughs) For all Eldians. (laughs) Isayama is the god of narrative convenience, so there probably will just be a really big one that they forgot to say. So it's possible that all the parents are going to get on a ship, airship, on, on on a blimp, and that the Gabby and Falco will arrive and their parents are going to want to like drag them onto the blimp and they're going to say no. And yeah. And Papa Leonhard is going to have to either get on the blimp or help his daughter. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to be sad. Yeah, what if Papa Leonhard just got on Annie while she was flying and they like took him down as a father daughter combo? <laughs> and that's how Papa Leonhard dies, just fighting like a boss. <laughs> I could accept that. What's the chance that Aaron's Titan form can like he can like rear up on his hind legs and use those little spiky things to knock ships out of the air? Like ninety percent uh, sure that's what's gonna happen because I mean, like I said, in Godzilla, the planes never do anything. So like, or they're just there to make Aaron look cool when he kills all of them. So I that scene where um, Sasha is holding up the bug to scare. Or no, it's not. It's Peak, right? Who's holding up the bug to scare Annie? No, it's Sasha. Sasha's holding up uh, a beetle and Tony is holding up two frogs. Right, right, right. So, and and Aaron is like this creepy crawly thing now. And I just, I couldn't help but see like centipede Titan rearing up on his back, little tiny skinny back legs and flailing his rib things around like tentacle, like um, insect legs. And I don't know, like that, I blame that bug for that vision. (laughs) I love how, like, Bert is standing there like, uh, Annie, are you okay? And Reiner is just standing there, like, looking forward, smiling, like, <laughs> in that panel. It's so weird. <laughs> um, anything else? Um, no. Okay, so that was it for our chapter discussion. Uh, let's go to some questions from our listeners. First one is from Shanto. Shanto asked, we learned that the female Titan can add parts of other Titan shifters 
unto itself. So Ani has the heart, the crystal shell, like the Warhammer uh, Titan hat, and she's hardening like the armor, etc., etc. Where does her screaming ability come from? Or do we think that's something uh, inherent to the female Titan? I mean, wouldn't it come from Zeke? Isn't Zeke's big thing the screaming? But it would mean that she had to have eaten a portion of Zeke. <laughs> and she did, I mean, probably. They were in the same place. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Annie was just having a buffet of other Titans because she's just got so mm-hmm. many abilities right now. Yeah, but that's what she said. Like, they just experimented so much. That's really disturbing. Like, to think that that happened to her. Yeah, so, like, Zeke can scream and it can he can turn people with his spinal fluid into Titus. So maybe she got part of that as well, where part of the Titans... Was it all the Titans that listened to her? Or just... She just... I mean, I think what actually happened is Isayama wrote that and he was like, wouldn't it be cool if if the, if while uh, they had Annie in this trap, she screamed and then all the Titans came running and, and now he's justifying it. But I also think... It's like half of Zeke's ability because Zeke can scream and then all these Titans will come a running. And especially as, if that was from royal blood, like the Beast Titan didn't originally do that, but the royal blood kind of gave him that ability. If she ate from Zeke with the royal blood in him, I guess that would kind of make it so she could kind of do that too. I think even in chapter, in the early volumes, it's been theorized that the reason why all the Titans started pouring into the walls was because Annie... Annie's scream, basically she has the ability to control the Titans. So Annie's scream, Zeke's scream can control the Titans. It can give them a will and a purpose. were formed with his spinal fluid. And I don't think Mm -hmm. all the Titans that came towards Annie were formed with his spinal fluid. Like also the female Titan King, oh, sorry, the the laughing, the smiling Titan, I mean. Right, Zeke's Titans came as well. And we know for sure that wasn't created with Zeke's spinal fluid. Wait, you're right. They were not created with his. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of weird why she would be able to control more Titans than Zeke would, would with her scream. I don't think she controls them. I honestly just think she attracts them. Maybe somehow. that's more like it. Yeah. So it's more like uh like like Zeke has control over them, but she can just kind of like group them together. She's like a, a Titan herder, a mindless Titan herder. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, isn't that what happened? Because, like, Annie screams, but, like, Annie also has to get out of there. Because yeah. she doesn't have yeah, control they, over yeah. them. They, they, they will end up eating her as well, yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but the idea of her being, like, basically, like, a medical experimentation and all the things. Like, it just really, you know, it was a panel, but it's one of those panels that I would imagine I tried not to think on too closely because it's really dark. Yeah, it's if it's if it's true, they they might want to spend more time on that because that's insanely dark to offhandedly mention. Yeah, I have an issue like that. Does seem like it happens sometimes in the story where things just get like dropped, but they're like really really icky. So maybe best not to drop them at all. But yeah. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question, Chantal. Then the next question or remark is from Paris. Paris uh, is uh, mentioning the season two opening, Shinzo Sasagio, uh, and the scene where the beast titan is running and uh, beside him we see uh, dinosaurs and flying whales and God knows what else. And um, now because we think it might have been an Easter egg now that we probably will see Falco as a flying titan slash bird. 
So, yeah, was that season two opening? Was that a deliberate Easter egg or was just that making fun of uh, the name? Honestly, I think think all the season openings spoil like a ton of the manga. Because if you go and watch it now, you're like, oh, hey, there's the three daughters. Hey, there's the one ending where they like spoil the um, what the cannibalism of Amir like way earlier. Wasn't that like season two's ending? But, yeah, um, season two's ending. Yeah, yeah. That basically was like the whole Titan origin story. <laughs> I mean, even like even like the imagery, um, like uh, like there's a lot of child Aaron coming back now, and that was the big uh, that was the big thing for the season three's opening was uh, Aaron sitting on the wall, and you know all the the three children of them and little baby Aaron runs around big Aaron and just seems kind of confused. Like you could even say that's build up. I mean, I really hated the opening at first, like for season three, like part one. And then I was like, Oh no, this makes sense. Cause he is really the fallen age angel. He is Lucifer. Good to know. <laughs> I guess for me, I hope it was a deliberate Easter egg because to this day, up until this chapter, I was like, why the heck are all these animals running in this opening? Like, it made no sense to me at all. So if this is where that came from, then I'm very pleased with it. Because otherwise, it was just such a big, you know, what the heck moment. I can kind of explain it. Do you want to Do you want to hear my, like, half-assed explanation? Of why whales are running with dinosaurs in the season two? Yes. Go hit, lay it on me. So um, I think it's about, because part of, part of, um... Part of uh, Attack on Titan's theme is, like, survival, and there's this weird, you know, like, uh, they keep coming back, the world is cruel, survival of the fittest, etc., etc. So I think it was just, like, there to symbolize evolution, and, um, you know, the Beast Titan is a monkey, why is he a monkey? Because monkeys are the most highly evolved animals, but he came from, you know the evolution of the dinosaurs to the whales, because that's how evolution works. We came from dinosaurs. No, he didn't. <laughs> but I think I think it's that simplified form, like the yeah. pressure to evolve and fight. And the Beast Titan is one. It was like a really weird Titan to show up because that's one. That's when Titans started getting X Men powers. We didn't really have that before that point. Like that's the entire point of Mick's character is to die from this really really weird Titan that he can't predict or control. And the other part was. Uh, it's like this is the the survival of the fittest that all the characters have been fighting against the whole time. And the Beast Titan is just the latest adversary. I guess the chapter with Mikasa, when, when she was a child making the determination that the world was cruel and beautiful, it was looking at elements of nature that helped her to make that. So when I first saw Beast running in the, in the, in the OP there, I was like, um, is that the statement we're trying to make? So <laughs> It's very it silly. Yes. So I like the fact that it was a, um, I I will gladly accept that it was an Easter egg for the Beast Titans all being various animals. I like that better. I like that better than the very silly one. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then for our final question uh, is from Minty, who asks uh, a nihilistic or uplifting ending. What's your preference and what's your prediction? Linky, you can you, uh, Linky, <laughs> Link? Oh, actually, plenty, plenty of people call me Linky. Okay. And some people, <laughs> some people call me Kinky, but we don't talk about uh. that. <laughs> okay, so, um, my prediction, I, I think, 
that we are going to get like a full uplifting ending. Like I think Aaron's gonna die for sure, but I think I don't even think Aaron's dot dead death is gonna be like the most. I know, I know I said I think Mikas is gonna kill him, but like in a happy way? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think, um, I think they're at least going to get a catharsis where, like, they get to talk and Mikasa is like, well, I can't live on with you anymore, but I really did love you. And I hope you can understand that, Aaron, that there was a lot of people who loved you, but also what you've done can't be forgiven. And, you know, we gave you like 2000 chances and you were still like, brr, Titan machine, go brr, time to rumble. But anyway, I think, I think we're going to get a... Like a, a a very happy ending where most of the characters who have character arcs are going to survive, and it's going to be earned off of the very sad deaths of the characters who don't have character arcs. But I think Armin and Mikasa are going to make it through, and I don't think Rainer will die because Rainer really wants to die, and I don't think we should give Rainer what he wants. <laughs> what about Levi? I think you I think, think Levi. Levi, yeah, yeah, obviously, but also Levi will have to learn to live with the fact that Zeke is still alive. <laughs> so you think Levi you think Levi's gonna live? If Levi died avenging and joined all of his comrades, that's what Levi would want. So I think he's gonna live because Levi's <laughs> entire thing, this whole manga, has been the fact that he just keeps living while everybody else around him dies, even Hanji and Erwin. So I think Levi is going to going to retire on a farm somewhere. <laughs> Link, do you think the afterlife was real or do you think that it was fake? <sighs> I, I never I never know with those kinds of things. It, it feels weird, you know, when they kind of don't establish an afterlife, when it's like half there and half... I don't think the afterlife is... I think it's like... I honestly just think it's kind of like a like a, like a dying hallucination on Hanji's part. I, it's what Hanji wanted to see, which is all of her comrades welcoming her back again, instead of what they probably deserve, which is like, Hanji, you should have come up with a better plan than kill yourself. <laughs> I One of these days, one of these days we're going to have a guest who agrees with me that it's that it was not a dying hallucination. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Luna, I am dying to know, do you, because, I, I, you know, we have talked about your vision of the ending and you have mentioned your thoughts have changed. So asking the question to you, nihilistic or uplifting, what's your preference and what's your prediction? Okay. So I think my preference is still the same. Like it's somewhere in the middle because I think completely uh, nihilistic would be like kind of pointless and not in line with the the feel of this manga. But, uh, you know, uh, an uplifting ending, I think, would fall in the same category, category that would really make much, much sense based on what's come before. Uh, Prediction-wise, I feel like it's going to end on an a happier note than I originally thought, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, yeah... Like, it's like, oh, yeah, if Aaron wants to die, like, let's just kill him and get this over with. And then we can move on with rebuilding the world. Yay. Hmm. And everyone will live happily ever after. I hope I hope there's more to it. Like, let me put it like that. I, I want the cycle to be broken. Like, I, I told yes. you guys about, like, how I think Mikasa is st stuck in a cycle and Annie's stuck in a cycle. I want to see the characters make definitive steps breaking the cycle, but I don't want to be like, and then the evil was defeated. 
and everyone <laughs> got better. I don't. I, I, I just want to see the characters, but I think most of the characters who have arcs are going to live to the end of those arcs. That's just what I mean by that. Except mm-hmm. for Connie. Bye, Connie. <laughs> yeah. And the um, and I think I'm in agreement with Link. Uh, I don't want Reiner to get his wish. <laughs> So where where do you stand, Momtaku? I think whether it's an uplifting ending or not depends on who your favorite characters are. <laughs> like if you're expecting, I I'm with you. Like I don't think it's going to be a Pyrrhic thing where or nihilistic. I think it's going to veer towards being uplifting. And I'm perfectly. That is what I have always wanted from this series. Was you know. I expect people are going to die. I expect it's going to be bad. I expect I'm going to cry, but I don't want to I don't want to feel like nothing nothing good came of the journey. And if something good comes of the journey, then to me it's uplifting. Even if it's, you know, awful, bloody. I've lost Erwin already if I lose every other character I care about as long as it's as long as their deaths mattered and a change has happened and a future is better, then I am happy. Wrong manga? Maybe not. Not anymore. I don't... Hmm. We're slowly making our way there. I think so. All right. Next volu- Next chapter is the closing one of the volume. Yes. So, yes. So that means that we're going to get, hopefully, something amazing. What are you hoping to see, Luna? Flying Annie, flying Falco, <laughs> Papa Leonhardt, kicking some ass. And I want, I want them to reach like Aaron's um, millipede Titan. And I think this must be the scene from the final audio because there was a train, so n- a noise yep. in the background as well, right? In the final, all audio. the elements are there. So all this the has to be it. There. We're here. We're in the end game now. Yep. What about you, Link? What are you wanting to see? Oh, you guys took mine because I was gonna say I ju- I just want to see fucking promise <laughs> I, not promise Neverland never ending story I just want to see Gabby and Falco like majestically <laughs> flying into battle I I think they should do it the cheesiest way possible like just when all hope is lost and the plane breaks just Gabby comes and is like why do I have to do everything for you guys <laughs> and then they all. Falco picks them all up, and, and I don't know, maybe Armin falls down, and Armin just doesn't use the power titan, because Armin doesn't want to be useful, and so Annie just picks him up out of the air and catches her boyfriend, and they <laughs> kiss, and they they start making out, and then they just start kicking <laughs> ass. I think we should go for the cheesiest, <laughs> cheesiest possible when Annie swoops in and saves the day. Annie catching Armin and carrying him bridal style. Is that yes, what we're, yes, uh, yes. we're going for? But, uh, but also, um, I'd actually like to get to, um, I mean, th- th- this has probably been repeated about a thousand times, but I'd, I'd like to get to the end of whatever Aaron and Historia's conversation was and get to that because it feels like we've been dancing around that forever. Yeah, my wish for that is a 135. I would like Historia. I, I do want to get Zeke. In 133 or 134, I at least want to know where Zeke is and if he's attached or not. I would like a little bit of Aaron and Zeke action in this volume closer and then Historia in the next one. All right. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, I just want to mention. I didn't break a foot this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's uh, let's 
explain what happened last month. <laughs> you want to tell what happened last month, what you did? Okay, let's just put it this way. So catastrophes happen every podcast that we record, yes? Like there's always something <laughs> yes. that goes wrong. So this particular podcast, we're actually using some of our Patreon money to record on a on a on Zencaster instead of Discord. So fingers crossed that what goes wrong this month has nothing to do with that because if we lose this recording, that would be like the ultimate awful. That has happened to us. Especially considering how hilarious I am, but anyway. Yes, I would not want to lose a word of it. So yeah, so hopefully that that will not, that will be like, the recording will be good. We'll have a quality, no dropouts, no lag interference or any of the problems that we've had before with our recording. Yes, this could be our first ever podcast that bad things didn't happen. Why do you got to jinx it like that? Okay, I got my wood. Well, okay, so last podcast... Literally, the moment before I clicked record, I tripped over a chair and broke my foot and recorded the entire podcast with a broken foot. Oh, is your foot okay now? I was able to like climb the steps to get to my office today. So that's really good. So how embarrassed when you told your doctor about how you completely unnecessarily hurt your foot? Yeah, tripping over a chair. Nothing cool. Nothing cool. I wish it had been cool. Um... But what's really funny is like our last podcast was uh, there was portions of it where I am literally in the background audio track. We have separate audio tracks for everybody. Mm-hmm. And mine sounds like heavy breathing and groaning. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like it sounds like a monster movie track. I'll all no, use that it sounded like an time. adult, an adult yes. online. <laughs> like, it was really funny listening back to it, but that was like the only good thing about it. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone who sent in a question. Uh, if we didn't mention your question now, it's because we already answered it in the podcast. If you still uh, want to know something more from us, please leave a comment on our uh, episode and we will get back to you. And now, before we say goodbye, we'll. No way. Yes, we'll have a quick fire. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Just, just in the last minute, huh? Just in the last minute, yes. No, he he sent it like, yeah, 10 minutes ago or something, 15 minutes ago. Oh, it came in the clutch. Yes. So, let's start. Child Aaron or adult Aaron? Adult Aaron. Child Aaron. Child Aaron. But not the spooky one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jean or Connie? John. John. Jean. Reiner or Armin? Reiner. 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 That one hurts me, though. Ugh, shut up. Onyankapon or Peak? Onyankapon. Peak. Peak. Wow, guys. Feeling betrayed here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ani or Historia? Oh, gosh, that one's hard. Uh, Historia? Historia. Ani. Oh. <laughs> Zook return or his <laughs> or Historia return? Uh, I would like... <laughs> I'm sorry, but Zeke return. <laughs> I miss him. Oh. Both? Nope. N- choose Zeke. Choose. Uh, okay, oh, right next chapter. You choose Zeke. Zeke? 
Next chapter, I want Zeke, and then I want his story right after. Yes. <laughs> okay, I uh, I go for Zook return. <laughs> Zeke or Levi? Oh gosh, that's hard. Uh, Zeke, I'll say Zeke. Levi. Zeke. Luna. <laughs> <laughs> We've betrayed Mom Taku. I mean, you know that Levi is not my favorite character. Come on. I know. You don't like any characters I love. <laughs> Sorry. Falco or Colt? Falco. Falco. Colt. Aww. <laughs> uh, and then I got a remark from uh, Polka saying, I'm running out of characters to use. Isayama's brutal. <laughs> they're just all dead now except for Colt who will never die yes Um, let's see okay so and then the final uh, one is more of a question killing Zeke ending or killing Aaron ending killing Aaron ending oh um, it's an either or or just an or not an either or Mm. Quick fire. Quick. I know, I know. Da, 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 killing Zeke. Killing Zeke. Okay. Zeke. Yeah, killing Aaron ending. So that was this one's <laughs> quick fire. Thank you, Polka, as always, for pulling through at the last minute. All right. So that's it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We'd like to thank Link Spooky for joining us. This has been a lot of fun, Link. Oh, uh, when am I going to get my $20? I that yeah. <laughs> um, you can ask our patrons. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We have Patreon money now, Link. We can we can share. We can share. We can start paying our guests twenty bucks to um, be on the podcast. Just tell me your PayPal email, and we will That's take money care well of spent. That. Like no, don't come on for free. Just like now, you have to pay. So, do we pay your agent, and then? You get like a 20% yeah, of cut of that, or how does it go? <laughs> Call my agent. It's just me with a French accent. Oh, sucker. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun having you on, Link. And you kind of remind me of this uh, economics teacher I had back in uh, high school. I don't know why, but he would always have a microphone on to reach the back of the class. And we were like, dude, your voice is so loud. You don't need a microphone. Like I was always wide awake right after his class. If I didn't sleep the night before, man, I was like, I had five cups of coffee and has sit in six minutes. Like that's how it felt. And that's how it felt recording with you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just, I think. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think when I'm louder, my point is more correct than other people <laughs> yeah. who are quieter than that's me. That's what most people think. That's what most people think. No, because normally I go to the supermarket beforehand and get me like a, a big energy drink to stay awake because uh, it's like late at night and I've had work and I didn't sleep so well the night before because I had work until like 1130 at night. Uh huh. So I was like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to stay awake, but yeah, no problem. Well, what I think is funny is that when we, did I already say this? When we record a podcast, we, we, a lot of times have never spoken to the person before. Like we literally have no idea like what gender they are or what their thoughts are, or, you know, like they've filled out a guest application. Sometimes we get an audio. Recently, we've been asking for the audio. 
But, you know, with, with, with you, Link Spooky, like we weren't sure, like, would you be chill? Would you be hype? You know, what are we going to get? And it was like so evident within like two minutes, it was going to be a hype, <laughs> like a hype guest, which is my favorite. I love when people are hype. So it was a lot. I, I mean it sincerely when I say it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give one more shout out to Kate because I think it'll cheer her up. Hi, Hamliet. I'm sorry we made the jokes about the evil twins because I don't know. I know you don't like that. But to be fair, it was kind of <laughs> hilarious. And that's what they looked like. And let me yell at Hamliet too, because I do think I have mentioned them being a podcast guest and they have not yet filled out the application. And it would have been fun to have both of you. I didn't even know you guys were friends. If you ever invite her on, I'll come back on. Or if you buy me a pizza. <laughs> that would be awesome yeah we can send one to your house with uh, our patreon mummy. we'll we'll make it happen oh, of course. Mm-hmm. all right so um before we sign off we want to thank uh, our lovely patreons who make this podcast happen every month simon taryn kenny nm and silarana thank you all so much i know last month we said we would have oh my god i can't even think of the word transcription we're transcription. still looking into that <laughs> yeah so I, I know last month we said we would have transcription for the podcast unfortunately because our recording quality on discord hasn't been good we're looking into different platforms we kind of have to see if we're still able to afford the transcription but it's still definitely on our list we'll, we're still working on it so please stay tuned for that If you want to help us, support us, you can always do that by leaving a comment, liking our podcast videos or audio, or by joining us on Patreon. There will be a link down below. Thank you so much. I think we should also mention like your two-year anniversary wish was to hit, um, what what was it, 500 subs? Oh, uh, right. Yeah. I think we hit that. Well, we have them now. Yay! I was happy for you because I don't even pay I don't even pay attention to that. So I was like super happy that I think we hit 520 during the anniversary, during our second anniversary. Yes. Two more years before we get monetized. Woot. <laughs> I don't think the manga is gonna go on for two more years. <laughs> we'll just reread. We'll just reread. Link, you were saying that everything's an Evangelion reference. I go to a lot of anime cons or pre-COVID I did, and I cannot tell you there's always Evangelion panels. So I figured if people are still willing to talk about Evangelion, they'll be too willing to talk about Attack on Titan for another decade. Oh, you're right. Evangelion's been having the same argument for like 20 years. You Mm -hmm. you guys want to meet like 30 years from now when the world's on fire and argue about who should have been picked, Armin or Erwin in the Serum Bowl? Let's do it. Let's do it. We have a date 30 years from now. Mark your calendar. All right. (laughs) I am a woman of my word. We agree. So we'll have to get Hamlet on there too. Okay. That's when we'll get Hamlet on 30 years from now. Good plan. 2050, you guys. 30 years. Great. I'll be 50. And uh... let's not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for offering your hearts and your ears. (laughs) And see you next time. Uh, thank you for going to linkspooky.tumblr.com and following me yes get the <laughs> plug in alright uh, we really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast we really enjoyed recording it so as always thank you for offering your hearts and your ears and until next month bye bye
Bye. We are now recording. Hello. Yay. Have you messaged Polka to see if you want to do a quick fire round? Do you want to do a quick fire link, Spooky? What is a quick fire round? Oh, you've never listened to the podcast? Ha <laughs> ha, you're in the doghouse now. <laughs> <laughs>